0: It's that time again. Hello, everybody. Happy Friday! Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Rory Sodder and the News. I'm Rory Sodder. It is great to be back with all of you. I hope you all are doing very well. I hope I hope you've had a fantastic week. I hope you have exciting weekend plans. Big show tonight. Lot to address. Lot to establish many notable names in attendance. Guys, I do want to introduce my first guest who's with us right now. We have G Fanfleet with us joining us for the first time. It is an honor to have her here. Uh, she's lived a hell of a life. What a background, what a resume. G, uh, thank you for joining us for the first time. Uh, first and foremost, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, you know tell us how it all started for you.
1: Well, yeah, myself, that's a long story though. You do have days. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I was born in Mao's China and I spent my first 26 years there. And my entire uh, education was in the Cultural Revolution that 10 years from 1966 to 1976. And I got no education, but plenty of indoctrination. After I graduated from high school, I was sent to the countryside with millions of other school, uh, um uh, city uh, students to the countryside to get re-education because the Cultural Revolution has destroyed everything. There's no jobs. There's no economy. So I worked in the field for three years under really primitive condition until Mao died. And I was able uh, to go to college because uh, his successor reopened universities. And, uh, and after that, I got a job and teaching in... Uh, Teachers Training College where I met Americans who came to teach during the summer and one of them helped me to come to America to pursue my graduate study.
0: Wow, wow, so going back a little bit here, talk about growing up in China, talk about the day-to-day curriculum, what you're indoctrinated with, what you're fed at a young age, what you're taught to believe. It's mind blowing, isn't it? And it's totally polar opposite from what the uh, country uh, of the usa stands for and
1: well it's, unfortunately it's like, it's like apples
0: and oranges isn't it
1: yeah but unfortunately the same thing is happening right here and that's the reason i decided to speak up i decided to write the book and to warn american that the culture revolution that i experienced as uh, a young girl now is playing out in america and it's the same same tactics, same agenda it is absolutely history repeating
0: so like what is the exact stuff that you're seeing now transpire that you would see at a young age in china Um, because you're you're right i mean our country was never meant for this um this is not what our founding fathers wrote the constitution for they would be rolling over in their graves. Yes, um, but all of the radicals that have hijacked um, what this country, you know, represents—it's it's horrible.
1: Yeah. Well, if I can summarize, it is what Obama said: fundamentally transform America, and that's right. what Mao wanted to do: to so fundamentally transform China and destroy everything in the past all the civilization, all the heritage, everything has to go to replace by his version of Marxism, which is Maoism. And what's uh, the radicals doing here is to destroy everything that America stands for and replace it with the new version of the uh, um, cultural Marxism. And I call it Maoism with American characteristics.
0: And I have to ask, um when you were living under Mao and you you witnessed all of this, I know he was known for killing millions of people. Um, I mean, was that, were you in China when that was all? When he yes, was actually yes. doing the kill? Oh, wow.
1: But but the, the killing has started. I know he ruled,
0: oh, go ahead. Sorry.
1: I mean, the Kinney started not doing the Cultural Revolution. The Kinney started as soon as they took power in 1949 and they never stopped. And the worst part of uh, Mao's uh, rule was the starvation of up to 50 million peasants in the late 50s and early 60s, 50 million. And uh, the the world hardly noticed anything. And because that's what China do, they control everything, they control information, and uh, people just could not learn what's really going on in his regime.
0: So you're saying 60, you're saying he killed 50 million people?
1: Yeah, it's, it's just that particular famine, the great famine of the 1959 to 1961. And that's just one example during the Cultural Revolution, right. up to two, 20 million people lost their lives.
0: And when they come up with numbers like Mao killed 50 million people, that's pretty much all they know of. It could be a lot more than that, right?
1: You never know the exact number in countries like uh, like China, the communist countries. And people actually, there's a lot of books and uh, written about it. How they got the number? They compare the census and uh, and uh, compare it with previous and then um, the ones after and they see the missing, the negative growth of those years, and that's. Most of the uh, um, the the historian, uh, that's how they come up with number. You never know. You would never know. But sometimes they openly say how many they killed. In you know, one of the early campaign in the nineteen fifties, they killed uh, two million um, so called counter revolutionaries. Those were the people that uh, the old the personnel of the old regime, the nationalists. They killed. They said they killed uh, two million and. Actually, they kill more people during the peacetime than during the war. And uh, so the killing never stopped. And Xi Jinping, how many he killed uh, because of his uh, shut um, COVID policy, not because of COVID itself. We don't know, we don't know, many, many.
0: Would you
1: compare Xi Jinping's
0: tactics and his ideology and the way he runs operations very similar to how mao did things
1: yeah it's the same thing the regime never changed okay. or would you say
0: mao is more extreme or do you think th- if there's no difference
1: okay mao was um, you know in many ways mao probably is more extreme but mao was using the old technology which is turn people against each other and make uh, everybody um watch out the other people, and then report, you report your neighbors, you report your co workers, your parents. But Xi Jinping did not have to do that. He got AI, he got surveillance technology, he controls everybody's every move. And it's all about control. If anyone want to know what communism is about, and uh, I I think in, in one word, that's control control everything, control your body, control your mind, control your mouth, control how you live. And that's exactly what's going on today in America. By now, people uh, have heard, you own nothing, but you will be happy. You don't earn anything, but someone owns a lot. And those people control your life. And that's what really you want to understand, that's communism.
0: So is it fair to say that Mao pretty much originated the blueprint the handbook the curriculum for uh what communist china stands for and in, in terms of the dictatorship uh, style
1: well mao was uh yeah mao was the uh um the and, creator. Just, and, every,
0: and every other leader from then on just kind of follows it right
1: yeah, why? Yeah, actually, Xi Jinping and his family were victims of Mao's Cultural Revolution because his father was purged. After his father was purged, the whole family, the relatives, everyone associated with the family were purged as well. He was attacked by the Red Guards during the Cultural Revolution. So, why would he follow the same path? Very simple that is the path to power.
0: Unreal. And like, give me an example of like textbooks in schools, what children are learning over there? Like what, what are they teaching? Um, I imagine, you know, the propaganda is through the roof. It's unbelievable. But yeah, kind of go into detail on that. And um, also do, do they have uh, various courses on hating America too? Are they like that?
1: Yeah. This actually I detailed in my book. And it's yeah. a big topic. But indoctrination basically is giving you what they want you to know, and then control those information they they consider inconvenient or dangerous. So you think the way they want you to think. And of course, they want uh, from a very early uh, age, I was taught that my par- uh, my real parents, were the party, my real parent was Chairman Mao. And so if I have to choose between my biological parent and, uh, and the party, I should always choose the party. Actually, you almost have to. If you choose your parents, you perish with your parents. So that is the kind of control that you, uh, that they have um, indoctrinated the young people to believe. That's why they could, Mobilized tens of millions of young people during the Cultural Revolution. Um, uh, now people know uh, Red Guards. That's how, because they're so indoctrinated, they're so easy to control. And that's what happened in America. Now we have this Antifa, BMM, transgender activists, now Hamas supporters. They are all from the same kind of education system, the government schools.
0: How much? Because uh, we know that china likes to throw a lot of money at the usa how much of china's financial influence has um been an issue at colleges and in, in various areas of our country whether it's the workplace um it's heavy right i mean the way they yeah, want to course. put put the Mar- put the marxist communist ideology on on our people
1: yeah, and you have a point there. But I have to tell everybody, especially in my book, right. the uh, the American version of Marxism is homegrown. It's not from CCP. Actually, the Communist Party USA was founded two years before the Chinese Communist Party was founded. Um, so it's always here, and it's always in America. They never stop working on taking down. America, and then the uh, um, in the 30s they imported or they accepted those Marxists from uh, Germany. They are called the Frank School, Frankfurt School, and they and um, the those are uh, committed Marxists. They came here to escape the persecution of Nazi, but they found home here. They found their home in Columbia University, and from there on. They have been pushing and pushing the cultural Marxism. Now we're known as critical theory, which has grand uh, children, such as uh, uh, critical race theory and critical queer theory. And they will never stop. They are the, uh, the four fathers of American Marxists. So I think it's a misconception. People think it's coming from CCP. They all come from the same source, which is Marxism, which is not. A Chinese uh, a creation. It is absolutely the creation of the West. And I notice a pattern. China
0: likes to go around to different countries and make deals with them so they can have power over them. We're seeing that um, example recently in Australia. Uh, I don't know if you're paying attention to that, but. Uh, Xi Jinping and the Prime Minister of Australia are like best friends now. And the Prime Minister of Australia the other day refused oh, but to know. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, and the Prime Minister of Australia the other day refused yeah. to call Xi Jinping a dictator. Yeah. He refused to say communist China, and he refused to say dictator. Yeah. Um. And and they want and Australia wants to implement a lot of China's policies. That's what the Prime yeah. Minister yeah. is saying. Uh, and. At one point, we all remember Australia was a very prosperous, peaceful, freedom-loving country. And uh, same with Canada. You just made an example of Trudeau. Uh, Canada yeah. used to be a freedom-loving, prosperous country, but not anymore. Yeah. So China China keeps like buying their way in, influencing all these countries, and it's working. And these countries are obviously getting a lot out of it, especially these these, wor- these leaders in these countries on the back
1: yeah. end. Yeah, I I agree with you, but again, I want to point it out. Okay, China had such influence in Australia because the Australian Marxists and Australian uh, communists allow the CCP to have that influence, same here. Um, The the reason that uh, uh, CCP can come and uh, and, uh, put money in our educational institutions and colleges, universities, and now schools, public schools, it's because we allow it, we allow them to have Confucius institution. So I always say the problem look within the problems are the Marxist that come from within. Those are the traitors among us.
0: What happens if you speak out against um, the Chinese government, if you're a citizen, like if you don't agree with something they tell you and you wanna, you know, Exercise your freedom of speech what what happens do they put people in jail do they kill them what's what, what yeah, all
1: sorts of things. If, if you say something they don't like you just simply um on um either disappear from the social media and you're gonna see that uh, all sorts of things happening to you that you'll find that you can't take train because you're on the blacklist. You can't fly because you're on the blacklist. And you can't, eventually you can't have access to your bank account because they control everything. So they don't even have to come to your door and have police with gun and take you away. They can just disable you so you can no longer survive. In, um in, in the this digital world
0: yeah and you brought up something else that I was about to go into the social credit score that's what yeah, you're refer- yeah. that's what you're referring to right that's
1: what I'm referring to exactly and today the, the face um, uh, recognition um uh, cameras everywhere everywhere they know exactly what you do they even know if you're within a few feet of people with bad uh, credit you you'll get a warning on your on your app. So it is absolutely better control than Mao could ever do.
2: And, and that's now, all
1: America. That's Okay, I'm not here to tell people how bad communist China is. I'm, right. I, I speak up because I want to warn America, it's yeah. here. It's whatever you see in China is here. And it's, if not, it's coming here. Yeah. That's what we're fighting. We're fighting to save America.
0: Obviously, um, you, you brought up another good point. Mal would have loved to have, have had this, but I think the lack of technology is the main reason, right? Don't you
1: yeah, agree? Yeah, they could do it the old fashioned way, which was pretty brutal. The children report their parents because they think, they, they feel like their parents said something that is not uh, particularly correct. Yeah, and then and, and every child was encouraged to do that. They don't have to now. They know is everything. Right? They know every move.
0: Is there any privacy? I mean, even in people's homes in China, or are there cameras even in the homes?
1: Um, you can ask the Xi Jinping about it.
0: So literally, if you're going to the bathroom, they're they're watching. Like they watch everything, is what you're
1: saying. I'm not what I'm talking about is your phone, you uh, are if you become a target. Yeah, maybe they will do things like uh, um, put, you know, hidden camera, but for ordinary Chinese, your phone, is basically what they, uh, they, they use to control you. And everybody was required to have a smartphone. If you don't have a smartphone, you can't survive in China. So there's a lot of problems during the COVID shutdown. The uh, elderly did not know how to use uh, a cell phone. They can't order food. And a lot of them starved to death because they just could not survive in that kind of a uh, uh, society that everything was operated through apps government controlled apps.
0: And you brought up a uh, shutdown. Um, you know, those, these, ho- these lockdowns in China, they get really intense and they do it constantly because it's a, it's a way of controlling the people and abusing their power. Uh, speak on that. What do, the, what do those look like? They they're from what I, the videos, the videos are terrifying, but I, I mean, I've never been there, so I don't know how that. Yeah, works. I've
1: been there, but I did not live there. And that's different. But I know that when we start to talk about big data, and, I, and back, uh, back then, I, I, I went to China regularly, and we talk and then the Chinese were so proud and said, their uh, data technology is better because they have access more data. Of course, in China, or countries like China, every piece of data that ever created belonged to the government. The government has access of everybody's data. That's why their AI uh, technology is more advanced. And here, it's kind of compartmentalized. But again, you know, we see the push of uh, government that have access to all data or the big tech won't have uh, access to all data. When they have that kind of data, they really know everything. They even know the move you might make before you make it.
0: What about this whole thing on concentration camps? Um, have you looked into that at all? Because I know that's a big thing in China.
1: Well, China is a concentration camp.
0: Yeah, pretty much. <laughs>
2: it
1: itself is a concentration camp. But if you talk about specific ones, yeah, it's in Xinjiang. And in Xinjiang, it's barely that's how they deal with Uyghur Muslims. And uh, yes, and we have uh, satellite photos to prove it. And uh, and, and but just don't take that too seriously. The whole country is an open air prison. They talk about Gaza. Well, wow, China is a, a million times bigger.
0: With us? Hello? Oh, you cut out for a second, sorry.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, am I?
0: Do I sound too radical to your audience? No, you're fine. You cut out for one second. You were saying what about Gaza and China? Yeah, but,
1: you know, I'm just saying that people don't understand. Not don't they? Don't understand? They don't understand anything. Those protesters outside and then they, they are um, um, having these uh, you know rallies or 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 riots or whatever you call for uh, the Palestinians. They have no clue that CCP is the biggest. Biggest genocidal regime in the right. world.
0: Yep. and and, it, and in regards to the labor there, what's that like? Horrible, right? Just
2: well, don't labor. Think any-
1: okay, what is labor? Okay, why the 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 business are all kind of attracted to China because the labor there is either no right or low rights. They have either no rights at all. Those are the prisoners. No prisoners in China were just sitting in their cell, sale, cells, and 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 just be sad. No, 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 no. Every one of them work as um, this prison factories. Okay, and a low lay uh, rights. People had very little protection. People have very little rights, and that's why they can make sense so cheap. And so Americans really have to realize. The cheap stuff you got there is from people like that. It's sweatshops, basically. Yeah.
0: Don't they have people as young as elementary school working in these sweatshops in these cheap labor places?
1: Um, I I don't I I don't have data, but I know that uh, um, they don't have to, and yeah, because right now the economy is so bad, it's kind of hard to for the. Uh, uh, the migrant uh, workers to find jobs. The real cheap labor is from the countryside, is the yeah, rural right. population. They came to the cities, they have no, uh, really they have no uh, protection and the basic rights as the residents of those cities because they're migrant. That's why it's so cheap. Everything is so cheap. I know someone who work in the factory making Christmas trees for American companies and they live in the, um, in the dorm. Every room will have like eight people up and down the bunker beds and they have no place to take shower they, and, and they work um, extra hours just to make money. And that's how the, uh, the, uh, the American corporations can make such fortune. It's just cheap, cheap and cheap for them, but not for those people. Those people left their family. They left their children. They really, they abandoned the family because the children were left to the grandmothers. And then the able-bodied people, they all went to the city to look for jobs, but not anymore because the jobs disappeared. disappearing.
0: Should we be concerned about using products from China?
1: We, we're not concerned, we depend on it. Check no, your belongings. Know. You know so what is not made in China? everything's
0: pretty much made in China, we're stuck yeah. with it, it seems like.
1: Yeah, because we sold the uh, the, the, the uh, our political leaders and our business leaders sold us and then they, they exported everything to China, so we don't even have a choice, we don't even have our own medicine, you know. So, that is, uh, you know, talking about traders within that's what happened, that's what happened. Those are not American first people, they look uh, for the uh, uh the uh profit they sold this country
0: and you believe covid was malicious and on purpose and done by china right don't you think they did this to really go after um mainly the united states i mean it did affect the world but their target was us
1: well that is the question for our political leaders why they they, 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 they they don't want to know what exactly uh, happened so
2: right
1: yeah how do i know i don't have uh, i don't have data i have no access to any data i can only speculate but but my speculation is why the whole world just take this bs from uh, from ccp and no one really want to find out the source the real origin of uh, of covid that is the question we should ask
0: right and I'm reading here, um, you worked in the countryside in China at the age of
1: 16. What, what, what was that like? Well, as I said earlier, the Cultural Revolution destroyed China. No jobs, no nothing for the young people. And you have all these youth. Can you imagine have this jobless, unemployed youth in the city? And that meant trouble, right? So you disperse them. You disperse them to the countryside and you don't say that, and that doesn't sound right. And you say, you go there to get more re-education from the peasants. That's what the communists, it's all about deception. They tell you something that sounds so good, but it all turned out to be nothing but oppression and the misery. And uh, that's how they treat their people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. it's It's, a cra- it's crazy. Crazy to think about. Um, And then you've been in the United States since 1986. Um, So it says after Mao's death, you were able to go to college. Were were people in China not able to go to college when Mao was alive?
1: No, during the Cultural Revolution, everything was dismantled, including higher education, including education period. So um, after he died and his successor decided to open up, China, because that's the only way he can uh, he can uh, revive CCP and uh, and uh, keep it from total total uh, collapse. So and then he opened university. That's how I could go to college.
0: Oh, wow. Wow. So how long were people not going to college for how long was this going on? For? Well, that's
1: called the whole 10 years. That's called the lost generation. I was lucky enough. I was young enough. After three years, in the countryside, I was still 19 because I went there when I was 60. But many went before me. By the time the school uni- at the university opened, they're just too old, and they forgot everything they learned. They're called Miss um, Lost Generation, and that's a lesson for those social justice warriors here. You think you are you are doing something great. You think you are fighting for a great cause. You're just a pawn, and you're just useful for idiots. And eventually you'll find that you're the ones that were abandoned and they will get rid of you and you have nothing. And that's what they want. Have nothing and be happy. So I don't think they will be happy, but they surely will have nothing.
0: I hear you. And and are are people like um, are they required to like go to all the events in China? Isn't that like mandatory? All the military events, don't they all have to go show their support?
1: Um, well, that is that depends. And uh, um, you mean celebration? That's usually organized. And it's organized by uh, the government and then every whatever they call your work unit, they have to participate. So when you see this big celebration rallies, mostly it's organized by the government. If it's not, and then you will show you will see please show up Gosh. and get rid of you. Yeah.
0: So if you say something bad about the world leader on social media, is that like death penalty?
1: No, no.
0: I thought they kill people for stuff like that or put them in prison.
1: Well, if you say bad things about Trump, yeah, welcome. If you say bad things about the West, it's great. But no, if, if
0: you know if you're in China, a China citizen saying bad things about Xi Jinping online. I
1: know, of course, of course, you're, you're you're in trouble. Not only you say bad things, they have trigger words. They have a list of trigger words. If you say "when in the pool," and you're in trouble, why? Because, uh, uh, you know people make fun of Xi Jinping and call him Winning the Pool. So Winning the Pool was banned. So you can't use Winning the Pool in any of your social media uh, posting and then you will be in trouble. There's a uh, tons of trigger words. So you can't openly create, you can't openly criticize him because before you get there, your social media will be shut down.
0: No, I hear you, absolutely. And- um, I want to bring up here, it says that uh, your big speech in front of the school board in Loudoun County, Virginia against critical race theory was like your big moment. That's when you really had your break.
1: Well, I did not uh, expect anything. I just went there as a resident of my, of my county. I, I, I just want to um, tell the people what I think about what the school is doing, but, uh, and it went viral and then and then I found myself become an accidental activist. And that's what I'm doing today. Full time, working on Waking Up America.
0: I love it, I love it. And I gotta ask you, what do you think about Xi Jinping uh, heading to San Francisco and them uh, cleaning the streets for his arrival?
1: Well, um, I have to tell you that uh, that's what communists do. Every time there are some major events in Beijing, Xi Jinping does the same thing. He um, clear out not homeless, but migrant workers. He will um, uh, shut down factories that are producing smogs and he will ban traffic. So then he why he want to do that? He want to impress the visitors. He also want to impress the visitors who are those climate uh, activists. See, our sky is blue and we don't have smog, but when the event is over, everything back to normal and smog, and uh, um, traffic jams. So news is a good student. He's He did what the CCP always do.
0: And China uh, is now in economic decline severely. I mean, apparently, they're really hurting. Have you heard those recent reports? Or, or do you not well, really believe I, it?
1: I, yeah. My focus is really in America. So I don't follow that, uh, those kind of uh, uh, economic um, you know, reports closely, but I know it's in de- decline because COVID um, policy has absolutely, absolutely destroyed uh, Chinese economy. So, yeah. So now it's like, a, it, it, it's so bad that uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what he could do. There's no magic. Everything is class, uh, 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 collapsing real estate, uh, export, finance, everything. So I don't know, but I'm not really um, knowledgeable about uh, business and finance. I know, they're in big trouble.
0: Yeah, no, I hear you. And um, going forward, you know, we're looking at Biden and, and Xi Jinping making various deals. Should we be nervous?
1: Well, Biden can make all sorts of deals with uh, with China. They can promise you the world, right. but if you fooled once, well, shame on them, right? If you keep being fooled, well, shame on you. So Americans has trusted um, the, uh, the the communists and especially communist China and what they get. And if they continue to do the same thing, you know, it's it, it, they're going to get the same result. They don't really put, uh, whenever they they have uh, some uh, treaty and they tell themselves, we're going to have a win-win treaty. And win-win means they win twice.
0: And what do you make of the China-Russia alliance? Uh, Those two countries are probably the most powerful at this point.
1: Um, I'm not really well uh, versed about geopolitics. Only thing I can know is that they don't trust each other. And uh, uh, China and Russia almost have a nuclear war in the 60s. They don't trust each other, but it is Biden's policy and push them together. And so it's, it, it's what American fail to do. They fail to um, stop the alliances between these two important uh, powers.
0: Are you concerned um- with China coming out and already saying they're going to back up Palestine, um, and, and they're basically saying to Israel, "You guys better stop. You better stop." How do you feel about that?
1: Um, Again, I'm not really, I'm not okay. really um, okay. a follow but you know, it, it's that's China. China, uh, Israel consider China very close uh, ally. Well, look right. at what happened now. Right. They can step on your back at any moment.
0: And I, and I have to ask you, why do you think so many students in America promote this ideology when they've never lived it a day in their life and they're completely ignorant to That's the a, realities guys, of it and how they, yeah. they think, they, and they think they can reinvent it. They think they yeah. can make it sound That's- better and it, like, but the reality is it's never worked in and, and all the years it's been implemented. It's always failed and, and ended in devastation in all these different countries.
1: Yeah. Well. They, they that's called indoctrination, they don't teach them history. So this, uh, this, uh, this young people indoctrinated young people, they just turned into a useful idiots. And when you don't have knowledge, you don't know history. And you were told day in and day out, that if you participate in this uh, uh, great cause to fight for the underdog fight for the oppressed, fight for the marginalized people, you know, you, you, you just follow it. You just go to demonstration after demonstration against the so called oppressed. So that is the indoctrination of Marxist uh, ideology. So everyone wear this lens, look everything through that lens as oppressors versus oppressed. And then,
0: yeah, I, absolutely. And um, I do want to mention I saw uh, that you're on many different uh, news outlets, especially lately. Congratulations.
1: Well, it's because we're promoting the book and I'm glad I have all this uh, um, opportunity to really tell Americans about what, yeah, I want to award them. And also I want them to read my book. In my book, I lay out all these parallels between these two cultural revolutions and make them understand this is really a, chi- uh, a communist takeover of our country.
0: Right. Yeah, and and kind of go just before I let you go here, and I love talking to you, I wanna get you back on soon, kind of give us some of the big key points, uh, the, big, the big takeaways from this book, what you want people to really look for. Yeah, I
1: want the people to, uh, by reading this book, you understand the nature of wokeism, the nature of uh, uh, all this, um, the seemingly uh, craziness that's taking place here. It's all planned out and it's nothing new. The same thing happened in the past. The same thing happened to me when I was uh, living in China. So this is absolutely history repeating. So people need to read it, understand it, and then fight back.
0: Amen, amen. And um, tell everybody where they can find you, where they can get involved, all that good stuff.
1: I'm mostly active in uh, Twitter or X. So follow me if you want, every day I tweet and I always, always try to tell people the parallels, tell people the history. So it's X Van Fleet Perfect. In, in, in Twitter. Thank you so much.
0: Perfect, we'll, we'll talk soon. Thank you so much, keep up the great work.
1: Thank you, bye-bye. We'll be right,
0: we'll be right back, everybody. Stay with us, it's a beautiful day. Come to live in Palm Springs, California. This is Rory Soder and the News.
3: Why does the zebra look the way it does? <laughs> so embarrassing. Hey! Focus. She says this oh, how it went? No, it's different now. Oh, You've been on my mind recently. Because mm-hmm. you keep popping up in my dreams. You don't do anything, you're just there. So, this specific person, the remarkable nobody, I'm still going have that experience. Do you have a picture? Have you been dreaming about me? Have I been dreaming about you? Yeah. There's like a hundred messages. Somebody wants to interview me. This is strange. Maybe you should take a minute and think before you do anything drastic. Why me? Uh, I don't know. I'm special, I guess. How does it feel to go viral? Who's actually had a dream about me? you me, but I'm going to have nightmares. I wish I was the one people were dreaming about. Me too. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's something. <laughs> How's he dealing with all this? We're not even the type of people that like attention, you know? Do you think other people are seeing you naked? Maybe thousands. Mm. I hope I'm behaving you in your dreams. Oh, no, you're not. So I'm finally cool, huh? I didn't say that. You hear that, Janet? She's saying I'm a cool dad. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I really feel like you're playing with fire here.
2: Dad, please
3: help me! I'm not actually doing anything to them. You know, fame
4: can come with some less desirable side effects. You should be prepared for that.
3: Maybe we should cool this thing off. What? What do you mean? It's embarrassing. Which part? I guess I'll uh. I guess I'll see you in my dreams. Yeah. <laughs> so of course
4: not. Ever since I was a child, people said my family was cursed. Mom tried to protect us with God. Pop tried to protect us with wrestling. He said if we were the toughest, the strongest, nothing would ever hurt us. I believed him. We all did.
3: Morning.
2: Pants tomorrow, please, David.
3: Carrie, I want you to join your brothers in the ring. Yes, sir. I love that. Now, we all know Carrie's my favorite, then Kev, then David, then Mike. But the rankings can always change.
5: What do you want
3: in life? More
2: ribs.
4: (laughs) I want to be with my family. You know, be with my brothers.
2: What do you like to do with your brothers?
4: Together, we can do anything. We're here to restore justice to the wrestling federation that our father built with his own two hands. The hands that were passed down to us. The hands that will deliver the Iron Claw to you. So what do you think? Like we're alive.
2: I love your family, Kevin. You want me uncle? Yes, sir. Oh man, that makes me so happy.
4: I talked to you about something tomorrow. Dad's too tough on us. You gotta say something. Baby, that's what your brother's for. Feel ah. You feel that? You feel that? That's pressure. me I mean, to push it too hard.
6: I'm fine, Kev, seriously, I'm just sick.
4: I am
7: scared, man. I all him out of control. It
3: a terrible accident. I should have stopped him. I need to think about my family. Your job is to wrestle. Live up to that deal, or we are through. I told
2: you to look out for
3: him! I just love being out there with you
4: guys. It's the only thing that matters to me.
3: The Levonor will forever be the greatest family in the history of wrestling.
4: I went online this morning and I rented us a beautiful house out by the beach. I figured if I made the reservation and packed our bags, it would eliminate most of the reasons to say no. Oh,
3: this is nice. Kids look so happy. The Wi-Fi isn't working. So sorry to bother you that this is our house.
4: This is your house?
3: We were driving back to the city, then something happened. You want to stay here, but we're staying here.
4: We need to get them out of here.
5: I need to think everything's going to be okay.
4: Everything
2: is going to be okay, isn't it?
4: We are seeing ongoing cyber-attacks across the country. Something is happening and I don't trust them.
3: Everything I know, I have told you. I don't believe you. I would do anything to protect my family. What you do is your business. up on what's going on out there
2: whatever it is it's happening to all of us
4: i just want to know what is the truth
0: and we are back rory Soder and the news coming to you live from palm springs california my next guest has had quite the career Um, excited to have him join us for the first time we have ari brown ari what's going on buddy how
6: are you rory how's it going
0: doing well man your first time on excited Thanks. to have you here uh give us a bio a background how it all started for you all that fun stuff my friend
6: I do a lot of things. I'm in the construction business. Uh, I've been involved in local politics. I'm the deputy mayor of the village of Cedarhurst. and I'm also the New York state assemblyman representing the 20th assembly district, which is South shore of Long Island and the barrier islands. And
0: what, what area does that cover
6: of like? Of, of so it's from inward to point lookout. So it's really the whole area along uh, the Atlantic ocean on, on Long Island.
0: And, what, and lately, what are you directing your focus towards? Like, what, what are some of the biggest things going yeah, on the, politically I'm over
6: there? In the state on local governments, it's where my field of expertise is. Unfortunately, I've had to direct a lot of my attentions to uh, the anti-Semitism that's going on in the world. I have a number of bills before the assembly, but I've been fighting this for years, for generations. Uh, I see it blatantly in the assembly right before we left. Uh, Before session closed, we had the DSA, the Democrat Socialists of America Assembly members that proudly wear their hatred for humanity on their sleeve, uh, propose bills such as Not on My Dime, which basically calls for the destruction of the State of Israel and kill all the Jews. Uh, Any business uh, that anybody that supports a business that has anything to do with uh, supporting Israel they should be banned. The speaker wouldn't let it come to the floor. But nevertheless, 100 and, 103 years ago, there were four socialists that were discovered in the assembly. They were immediately removed. Now, the Democrats, even the most liberal Democrats, live in fear of these people. They're afraid to be primaried.
0: Damn. And are you, are you in, you're in more of a conservative area in, of New York, correct?
6: Listen, Long, Long Island, uh, in, 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 by the whole, by and large, came out overwhelmingly Republican, more than anywhere. It, working class, Republican. right? Working class. But I will tell you, though, my district is more heavily uh, Democrats, And most of Nassau County is that way. But I always say. We're not
0: crazy we're, Democrats, though, right? Not the crazy Democrats. More people.
6: moderate,
0: like ones that are that have common sense, that are that can work out issues.
6: Right, because we're Long Islanders first. Before Republican, before Democrat, we're Long Islanders, people from the city-
0: Like would 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 a good example be like a Kennedy Democrat? Would that be a good-
6: It depends, it depends on the area. We had a big issue where this uh, BP hid themselves under this name of this company called Equinor. They tried to put hundreds of wind turbines along our shore. Didn't matter Republican or Democrat, we all got together and we all got rid of them uh, from our area. You figure, wow, wind farms, they would like it. But it was so destructive to the community. We all banded together and worked together. Again, Long Islanders are a different breed. We believe in suburbia.
0: It's much different than the people in New York City.
6: Like night and day. Look, the first suburban communities in the country were on Long Island, Levittown, for example.
0: When you go into New York City and you interact with people, like, do you... Do you see such a different style of personality compared to when you're interacting with people on Long Island?
6: I do. I always tell the story. 1991, two or three, I was working my dad buildings and office, and I remember hearing about the killing of Yanko Rosenbaum. And I, I saw the destruction in the city of, when Mayor Dinkins was the mayor, prostitution and gambling and you name it, death and destruction. Giuliani came, Mayor Giuliani cleaned it up now we're back to those old days the good people have left by the hundreds of thousands from new york city nobody left except for the animals peeing on the street defecating on the street riots and mayhem cvs's and walgreens and rite aids closing by the droves because of the theft that's new york city
0: now while we're talking about new york city how do you foresee things going forward in terms of fixing up that place putting it back to what it was, you know, when Giuliani was in there. Is there any hope or do you think the damage is
6: too far done? And we'll, know in, we'll know in 2024. If everybody was like Long Island, we'd fix this problem. But we the people say, why is this anti-Semitism happening to this extent? Why? Because if you're not going to – yesterday, the governor uh, signed the bill, the clean slate bill. Clean slate bills. Basically, you can murder and do a thousand different other heavy crimes. You'll serve your time. Your slate will be clean and no one will know if they're hiring a criminal or not. If you commit the most heinous acts on people, you're let out. The police are disrespected and the courts are letting people out because of the Soros inserted district attorneys. So we need to vote them out.
0: And I know Eric Adams has his issues. I, I know that the guy has a lot of flaws. But do you think he's an improvement from De Blasio?
6: <laughs> Eric Adams has to be a nice guy, uh, but oh, he is a nice guy. You've
0: met you've met him
6: before. I actually interviewed him. Uh, 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 like I said, I'm the ranking member on local government, so he came to Albany and we questioned him on a number of things. Seemed like a decent guy. I told him he's the second best dressed guy in New York State. He's who's the first one? I said, What are you talking about? I'm standing right in front of you. So, uh, but anybody would be an improvement over de Blasio. De Blasio is exactly that DSA, Democrat socialist who has a hatred for humanity and certainly America and anything capitalistic.
0: I, I will say, though, you know, I'm disappointed with Mayor Adams because I think he could be doing a lot more. Uh, but when he was running, I was really rooting for him. I really thought that he, he could be the, the guy that, you know, fixes things being an ex NYPD officer. i have you know, just with his background and his, and his police, uh, scenario and, and just how, how much he loved the city and just his patriotism, but look, like looks like he sold out, man. looks like he took money from the wrong people. And it looks like he's, you know, advancing their agenda rather than the agenda he talked about, uh,
6: you know, putting forward when he was running. Well, I can't speak of taking money and not taking money, but I will tell you, Curtis Lewa would have definitely been the better mayor, oh, the mayor. Yeah. given his life oh, yeah. to serve the community. Yeah. Asks yeah. for nothing, looks yeah. to protect the citizenry. What is the purpose of government if the first thing is, I mean, first thing is to protect your citizens? That's right. the first thing. If you can't do that, there's nothing, nothing after that. There's no economy if people are living in fear and getting murdered. And Curtis would have been the right person.
0: Yeah, and I've never voted Democrat in my life, but... Um, I will say that this party. Um, they're not even reasonable anymore. They're, they really aren't. And I, and I thought people like Adams could could change that and, and, you know, make them more moderate and make them more reasonable. But he's not even doing he's not doing much to uh, improve in that area
6: can't and I'll explain why uh, we had some wonderful Democrats on the other side of the aisle who actually participated because in the assembly most of them don't show up you know right. so much votes for them but the ones that did the older the older, older uh, generation who really worked and looked to serve and they were liberal but decent human beings they were all primaried they weren't liberal enough by this Democrat Socialist and this is what Adams and everybody lives in fear up to the president they live in fear of that uh, squad-type mentality. If they don't go along with this destruction of America, they'll be voted out. You know, when they asked me to ask me to join the assembly for the last 30 years, I always said no. I said, you know, I'm at the stage of life. I'm going to say everything. And I, I, you know, I'm going to say everything. What do I have to lose? You don't want to vote for me? Don't vote for me. But they're afraid to because this is a career and this is how they line their, their pockets, you know.
0: How vicious is the political atmosphere uh, in New York State? I mean, do you guys all kind of go at each other? I mean, is it really
6: aggressive? I will tell you, in in Albany itself, in the Capitol, there really is a, a warm relationship between Republican and Democrat. We really get along. We may disagree and we may debate heavily on the floor, but there is a respect. Unfortunately, there isn't the respect in the regards to the following, to legislation, because, again, the Speaker may be a nice guy, but he lives in fear of the socialists. How is it possible that a Republican is only allowed to present four non-local bills to the floor, and yet a Democrat can present hundreds if they want to? They limit our speaking time. They they limit how much capital we get and give to our constituents. In other words, we all have 140,000, 130,000 constituents. Why is it that a Democrat will get millions of dollars and and a Republican will get $100,000. In the Senate, the Republicans got zero. What do you mean? Our constituents aren't as important as their constituents? Amazing, isn't it? But as far as a one-on-one, person-to-person, you have mostly decent people, except for the haters of America, the Democrat socialists, uh, who are basically children who have never worked a day in their life.
0: I hear you. I hear you. And, and I was going to ask um, I know the last Republican governor was Pataki. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any hope for another Republican mayor, um, governor anytime in the future? Or has New York pretty much ruined that for a while?
6: No, well, if you really look, you know, Lee Zelda did remarkably well, amazingly well, came within six points. That's right. unheard of. Uh, right. so yes it's certainly possible I think with all the death and destruction that we see around us when you see liberals now siding with the, some of the good people over this what's happened with Israel because people have realized that you know as, as the Muslims say Israel's the little Satan and America is the big Satan and people have come to realize that yeah first they'll go after the Jews they're really their real target is the rest of America so a lot listen when Jake Tapper and Bill Maher start talking like a Republican, which they have been in this issue, you know things may have the potential of turning around. It all depends on the honesty of the vote. That's really what it is. I have a very, very close family member who works at the Board of Elections will tell me that there are 150-year-olds still on the rolls that the Democrats refuse to purge. What? Yeah, I've heard that many times. There's dead people on these voting. Yeah, My father passed away six, five and five and a half, six years ago. My I condolences. To get an absentee ballot and do it. There is a, a big dishonesty in the way elections wait, are.
0: Wait, your father, so he died five, six years ago and he's still on the voting regist- registration? Absolutely. I, I, I got absentee ballots sent to me in the mail. Well, the, the, Ari, how, Ari, what can you do about that? That's
6: your father. Can't you take legal action and, and, and show? and like? We to, we try, on, on on our side of the aisles, try to fight these election laws, but every year they keep implementing more insidious election rules and regulations. When I started voting, we had election booths. That was the honest way of doing it. Yes, you had the corruption in cities like Chicago, but not this one-month early voting and slap and in the face to every minority member. Could you imagine they say to the minority people, whether black or Hispanic, they say you're too stupid to get yourself id that's why we can't ask you to verify your, your yourself through identification what an insult what black person doesn't have a minority doesn't have identification we're all equally smart with the same amount of brains we all live in societies as equal people but they use this as a fake cudgel to 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 say how uh, you know america is dishonest and to allow for this early voting this early voting is and the, and the methods of not asking for identification have been the destruction of our whole voting system.
0: So you're saying that family members will get their dead relatives mail with their, with their voting stuff and they'll fill it out for them and they'll send it back.
6: Yeah, they're even better than that. You can walk into any, any polling place and just give your name. They don't ask you for your ID. And you could just vote. You could vote as many times under many different aliases. You're not asked for your ID. You're asked to sign a signature. And nowadays, you're asked to sign a signature on this digital pad. You've signed many times, I'm sure, on digital. Does that ever look like your signature? Like when you sign on those digital pads for whatever it is? So people walk in and they vote dozens of times. You know, the, 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 the rule is, uh, uh, you know, uh, whatever it takes just to get to get to get the get, get the uh, the democrat in
0: and and what do you make of kathy uh, think
6: the governor listen <laughs> I, I will say that uh, governor Hokel has done the right thing when it came to um the anti-Semitism that has happened recently, but her policies are very liberal and that's what's led to the downfall of New York. Because if she was really concerned about crime, she'd put an end to it now. She'd get rid of the Alvin Braggs and all these district attorneys that are letting the criminals out, destroying the city. New York City cannot recover. I'm talking about Manhattan. Cannot possibly recover. It just can't. Why would anybody want to live in a place where you have a chance of being murdered doesn't make sense so
0: you're saying under republican leadership even if it came back republican leadership there's no way to fix
6: the damage that's no, no, already been done there's republican leadership well listen in, in life there are proofs look throughout the nation whether in california where you are los angeles or new york city or, or baltimore or san francisco all the cities with the highest crime rates with the heaviest gun restrictions have the most crime if you look at the safest places in the country they're always led by republicans always always
0: right and, and aria I, I, so um so yeah i mean is it possible that with the democrats getting so radical and new york city having district attorneys like alvin bragg just letting all these criminals run loose that there could be so much damage uh that even if republican leadership did come back into play that it would already
6: be too late. Never too late. We can always turn it around. My concern isn't finding the right candidates and 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 the method of turning around. My concern is only the honesty of the vote. You can have the best candidates in the world, but if there's gonna be ballot dumping right. and, and you know harvesting of votes, we can never win. It's totally dishonest
0: right and and do you think of republican politicians if if they get more control in new york do you think they can bring the costs down or do you think that's always going to be a thing I i feel like regardless of who's in charge you know if in california if republicans ever get power one day again for some odd reason which which would be a miracle i don't know if they could do much to bring costs down same with new york i mean i don't know what are your thoughts on this
6: the, the Reagan always said the best type of government is small and local government. So as President Trump did, you, you get rid of regulations and costs go down. Look, we had a vibrant, strong economy. Right. Uh, the black community, the Hispanic community flourished under the Trump administration. Right. Costs came down. Gas was half the price. We see it right. could be done. We had no war. We had peace. And the economy was roaring yeah they didn't like what he said <laughs> is it better now that you can you, 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 your your family's to be murdered at any moment in these cities yeah
0: and the shoplifting is that a thing in long island too are people doing that shit up there constantly um, unf- like
6: they are in new york city unfor- unfortunately so cvs has a policy just let them let them steal and look what's happened Walgreens and CBSs and Rite Aids have been closing throughout the country. And listen, what's adding to that is the wokeism, you know, Target just will never let go. They, it doesn't matter what happened to, uh, to Anheuser-Busch with their Bud Light thing. They have an agenda and it doesn't matter what happens if their own parents are going to be lit on fire. They're going to push, this 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 uh, woke mentality that is so against the Judeo-Christian ethic of our way our country was built.
0: Yeah. And, and what do you think about Dana White and the UFC just doing the partnership recently signing a deal with uh, Bud Light? Did you see that?
6: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not it's it's every like, big industry now has yeah. something like that. They have these yeah. points to be politically correct. for what? This isn't our country. If you look at, at the end of the day after every major election at the electoral map, the country's really red. You have these pockets in the cities that are heavily populated. I'll give you a little example. Some of my fellow legislators upstate, their districts are three, four hours apart because the, the population is so small. So it looks heavily red. In New York City, you can have two blocks and that's a whole assembly district people it's the it's condensed and it's condensed of mainly bad people the good people have left the cities and they've tried to go to suburbia or they move to florida Look, look, look at look at the flight from new york and look how florida a place like florida has grown big difference population's the same size the size of the state is similar and look at the look at the differences but it doesn't matter you know, when a man could be a woman and a woman could be a man or a half man, a half woman, you know, when you have things like that, the whole world's upside down.
0: So when Republican leadership comes back into play in New York City, especially, um, if and when it ever does, I mean, I'm sure it will at some point, but I don't know. When, when when is the big question. Do you think that would bring more people back? I mean, do you think that would bring
2: how much
6: of the people do you think would come back? I think that's the better question. Rory, I couldn't 70, tell you. Seventy-five percent. Imagine the country turning around, but right. New York City to turn Republican. I. But I mean, we've seen it. Giuliani
0: was a Republican mayor. He did years. it. But the, I mean, I guess times have changed and things have gotten more radical. And you know, that's been it's been twenty years since we've seen.
6: Yeah, it's true. You know. people think that uh, a president like President Trump is the wrong guy and we never had presidents like that. It's not true. You're you're probably too young to remember. When when Reagan was running for office at 69, they said he was too old. When he was in office, they said he was stupid. Nancy was running the show and everything was being run by astrology. The only difference was we didn't have social media. The social media, with everybody filming everything and, and, and making false accusations and and, and uh, all the photoshopping of situations is what's caused the downfall of our country. But will New York City ever come back to get to your question? I, I don't know. You know what? Let them not come back. Let them not come back. This is what they want. Let them live there. Let them break off and become their own state and just see how, how well they're going to survive. It's Long Island that supports most of the state's economy proportionately.
0: Right. And you're an elected official. And you know, being in New York, um, you know, there's only there's only so much power you have, you know, being in office because putting putting forward these bills, you, know, you have to get your other colleagues to agree. And a lot of people are stubborn, you know, a lot of times it goes against their interests I mean, we could name so many different variables. But if you had the ultimate say, if you had the ultimate power, what would you do right now that would fix New York?
6: That, that would bring it back to, to what it was. Well, we'll it about. you put a Republican or a conservative in office, you're going to change the whole economy. History has always shown that. There's, with the one exception, with one single exception, which was Bill Clinton, when he saw that, he, that he, he lost the House in 94, he pivoted, he was smart, and he became a conservative. There's never, ever been a time in history where our economy was doing well under a Democrat never right. it's irrefutable
0: I always I always say that Bill Clinton was the last good Democrat I mean there hasn't been a Democrat like Bill Clinton um, yeah. I mean, he, he's special him and Kennedy him and JFK are, are
6: well, listen, you know, I mean,
0: yeah, Bill, Cl- Bill Clinton people can say what they want about his personal life but that's his business you know whatever know, people do behind closed doors you know whatever I mean that that has nothing to do with his performance. Uh, the way he did his job.
6: And, so Rory, I, understand
0: that, I understand there were scandals. There's going to be scandals in ev- every, almost every administration. That's the way politics works. you know.
6: So Rory, let me ask you the question. Then yeah. why doesn't President Trump deserve the same?
0: Because it's a double standard, because he's a Republican. <laughs> Republicans don't get the same treatment. You know that.
6: Look how many Republicans go to jail for near to nothing, right. if anything. And you have the most scandalous Biden is on the take from China and Ukraine and Russia and Hillary Clinton uh, bleach bidding 30,000 emails and uh, the murder and the mayhem caused under the Clintons, nothing. Nothing will ever happen. No,
0: I know.
6: Listen, we hope people will wake up after what's going on today and start voting the right way. It's for their own children. I have grandchildren. For my grandchildren's sake, for their grandchildren's sake, they should be doing that. I hear you.
0: I hear you. And what are, what are some of the things uh, you have coming up? Anything you want to announce?
6: Well, I'll be donating a, a kidney to a Purple Heart veteran uh, the next few weeks. Um, I always try to give blood and go on to test if I am a match. Turned out I got a call. I'm a match. And uh, since I work out very seriously and everything, all the tests, very you know it's only 45% can actually give even if you match. I'm very fit. I'm able to do it which is meaningful to me for a number of reasons. Um, in 1991, I said to my father, we were on a construction job together, "That dad, it's Desert Storm, maybe I should go and serve. He said, the problem is you got one kid and one on the way. So probably not the right thing. And I always regret, even though I'm an honorary major in the United States Air Force Civilian Air Patrol, it's not the same thing. I didn't serve my country. So if I can give back to a veteran, a Purple Heart veteran recipient, no less, what a great honor for me to do so so i have that coming up and and we have a lot i have a lot of bills that are on the floor that i'm looking for people to sign on you know and uh whether it has to do with tax issues or anti-semitism or the destruction in our college campuses look what they've done to the youth today this was perfectly the communist manifesto to brainwash children students to hate our country The greatest generation, the 17 year olds went off to war and now we have a generation, the total opposite that despise and hate our country. Why? If they don't like it, leave, but no, they, they first have to first destroy our country and everything that was built by our founding fathers.
0: I hear you. I hear you, man. A few more things before I let you go. I know, I know you, I know you're on a tight schedule and I gotta get to my next guest, but the construction business, how's that going in New York? Uh, you know, not not only are you an elected official, but you also, you know, specialize in the construction business. You've
6: been doing it a long time. Right. This was my 50th summer uh, in, in the construction business. Yeah. And uh, listen, thank God Long Island's strong. But the escalation, of course, because of the whole fake COVID situation and that whole all those lockdowns really affected the, the whole economy with interest rates up, you know how does our what what is the measure of our economy based on what's called housing starts how many houses are built nationwide and when interest rates are up people aren't buying houses when material costs are up people think twice before doing a renovation so though long island is strong my district's strong i have to look at the bigger picture of the nation it's we're hurting the nation's hurting we have to start buying products from America, manufacturing in America. Years ago, there used to be trade schools.
0: Are right, you still with
2: us?
6: we working. We don't have that anymore.
0: Right. We lost you for a second.
6: Yeah. Someone tried to call me from Canada. Uh, the, the, the trade schools are lost. The, the mechanic shops in our schools are lost. We have to get back to basics and teach our kids the right things how to be a carpenter, how to be an auto mechanic. These are the things that build our economy. We have to stop buying from China and start manufacturing again in our country. We have such a big and vast country, so diverse. There's nothing we can't do. Microchips and computer chips should all be made in America. Yeah. America first policy is important because if America is strong, we're all strong.
0: Amen. Amen. Ari, um, I love having you with us. Let's get you yes, back here soon. Tell everybody where they can get involved, all that good stuff and find you. Rory? Yeah. Still there?
6: I apologize. I can't hear you.
0: you can't hear me? No? What about now? I'm not hearing you. Can't hear me? Rory, Rory
6: anyway, I'm sorry. I, I can't hear you at all. Give me I a, a sec. Somehow it, the connection went bad.
0: What about now can you hear me now
6: i see you but i but i can't hear you here let me take a quick anyway i'm going to say goodbye and thank you yeah i don't know if you can hear me okay
0: sounds good all righty
2: ready
3: let's do this Don't assume the worst. You're excited? Yeah. Is it a boy or girl? We don't know. Sometimes the worst is exactly what you should assume. My wife is in the hospital. She's about to give birth. Drive. This is a family emergency. I'm your family emergency now. Whatever it is that you want, it's yours. Is this the wife? Where are you? I mean, are you happy? You and your wife have a happy marriage? I'll stick away from my family. That's rude. you interrupting me. Don't. You know what I don't need tonight? Stress. <laughs> Let's just make wise decisions. Watch the speed limit. Where are we going? You're not listening to me. I will shoot you. And this cop... I told you not to speed. We should play a little game. I want you to tell me the truth. If you don't, I am gonna kill Mr. Happy Trucker and this waitress. Ready? You've got me confused with someone else. Really? I'm not who you think I am! i never even told you who I think you are, so how could you know you're not who I think you are? Tick, 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 tick! Sit back down! Getting good. Oh. I'm not gonna die tonight. I Dressed up for this. I-, I wanted to be 100% sex tonight, and you cut that in half. I'm now 50% sex. People tend to think the more violent the death, the higher to heaven you go. Better to rain in hell, wouldn't you agree? the phone james what, what, what are you ghosting me what are you dr ross my psychiatrist
4: <laughs> i went online this morning and i rented us a beautiful house out by the beach i figured if i made the reservation and packed our bags it would eliminate most of the reasons to say no oh
3: this is nice this looks so happy.
4: The Wi-Fi isn't working. Get a pat.
3: I'm so sorry to bother you, but this is our house.
4: This is your house?
3: Oh, baby. We were driving back to the city, then something happened.
4: You want to stay here, but
3: we're staying here.
4: We need to get them out of here. You
5: have a need to think everything's gonna be okay.
2: Everything is gonna be okay, isn't
4: it? We are, it we are seeing ongoing cyber attacks across the country. Something is happening, and I don't trust them.
3: Everything I know, I have told you. I don't believe you. I would do anything to protect my family. What you do is your business.
2: Get in the car right now!
3: (laughs) Haven't you been picking up on what's going on out there?
2: Whatever it is, it's happening to all of us.
4: I just want to know Ah! what is the truth.
3: Zebra look the way it does. <laughs> so embarrassing. Hey, focus. This is how it went? No, it's different now. Oh, you've been on my mind recently. Because mm-hmm. you keep popping up in my dreams. You don't do anything, you're just there. So, this specific person, the remarkable nobody, I'm also
2: gonna that experience. Do
3: you have a picture? Have you been dreaming about me? Have I been dreaming about you? Yeah. There's like a hundred messages. Somebody wants to interview me. This is strange. Maybe you should take a minute and think before you do anything drastic. Why me? Uh, I don't know. I'm special, I guess. How does it feel to go viral? Who's actually had a dream about me? You're scaring me, Paul. I'm going to have nightmares.
0: I wish I was the one people were dreaming
3: about. Me too. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's something. How's he dealing with all this? We're not even the type of people that like attention, you know? You think other people are seeing you naked? Maybe thousands. Mm. I hope I'm behaving through your dreams. Oh, no, you're not. So I'm finally cool, huh?
2: I didn't say
7: that. You
3: hear that, Janet? She's saying I'm a cool dad. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I really
6: feel like you're playing with
3: fire here.
2: Ah! Dad, please help
3: me! I'm not actually doing anything to them. You know, fame can come with some less desirable side effects. You
4: should be prepared for that.
3: Maybe we should cool this thing off. What? What do you mean? It's embarrassing. Which part? I guess I'll uh. I guess I'll see you in my dreams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so of course not. Thanks.
0: And we are back Rory Sauter and the news coming to you live from Palm Springs, California. My next guest That's has nice. lived a hell of a life. He's had quite the career. I'm glad he's back with us. John Moody, the great one, the legend. How are you, man?
7: Hey, Rory, great to be with you again. Uh, I, I have to start off just by saying your previous guest was some kind of interview. Wow.
0: Thank you. Thank you, man. How How are you, man? It's been a while. What have you' been, it, 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 doing been a while been a ago, ago uh,
7: but uh, you know now there's a new book so it's time to come back on with Rory I love it I
0: love it tell us about the new book
7: the new book is the third and and by definition final part of a trilogy uh, that I've written about China uh, and about how China wants to take over the world and destroy the United States and gain complete domination over all the Western countries and basically just have China be, uh in in charge of everything and we just do what they tell us
0: yeah yeah and it's scary it's scary with what china is is, um gaining with how they're advancing their agenda i mean they just continue and continue to to expand and get more power and power over so many different countries over over our own country included um, we're seeing what's going on in Australia now. They pretty much have the ultimate authority over Australia. They're implementing a, b- a bunch of their policies into that system. The yeah. Australian prime minister the other day wouldn't even call Xi Jinping a dictator and he wouldn't call, Chinist, uh, he wouldn't call China a communist, which is crazy, it's crazy. And we're seeing a lot of the same examples in the USA. There's a lot of our leaders, a lot of our elected officials, especially on the left, that will not call Xi Jinping a dictator. They will not call China communism. Um, you know,
7: it's scary. It, it's, it's sad. And, and you know, this this meeting that, that Joe Biden had with Xi Jinping in, in San Francisco this week, it, it was just one of the saddest spectacles I think I've ever seen involving an American president. Uh, the, the setting was San Francisco, which is basically, you know, a, a home camp for homeless people uh, right now. And so what did they do? They went in and and provided hotel rooms and shelters for all the homeless folks while Xi Jinping was in town so that he wouldn't see that unsightly uh, mess. They cleaned up the streets at, in record pace. Like if they could only do that when when just Americans were involved, wouldn't that be something? And then the Chinese said, well, now when President Xi comes down in his motorcade on his way to to the place that he's staying, we'd, we'd like Americans to be out there saluting him and, and praising him. Uh, and they, we'd like them to all to have Chinese flags, but no American flags. Please don't put any American flags out when he's passing by. And so San Francisco said, okay. Uh, it, it's, it's just, it, it's a it's an abrogation of everything that America used to stand for. And what I'm trying to, to tell readers and, and your listeners and viewers is this is not a game. This is not just some right-wing fantasy. It's going on. I mean, China is, is slowly building artificial islands in the South China Sea. It's going to surround Taiwan. And then it's, one day it's just gonna move in and take it over before anybody even has a chance to fire a shot. So, you know, their, their strategy is multifold and Americans are just living in this happy, dumb, fat life of ours, uh, pretending that nothing can go wrong. Oh, and by the way, let's buy the Chinese thing because it's cheaper.
0: And you being the ex-CEO of Fox News, do you think channels like that are being transparent enough and reporting uh, on these issues with China? Or do you think they're kind of slacking and cherry picking?
7: Yeah, I don't think there's just one answer to it. By the way, I was the senior vice president. But, um, you know, I I think it's different networks have, have developed different strategies for doing this. Um, I think Fox News is, is still pretty aware of what China is, uh, but the big three, the so-called big three networks and CNN and the Washington Post and the New York Times, you know, it's all, let's, let's put a nice coat of, of paint over this thing and see if we can make sure that everybody understands that, you know, while China is getting bigger and bigger and they are going to become the world's largest economy someday and they are going to surpass us in their military prowess, let's not get too excited about it because, you know, it might, it might make people unhappy. Well, we should be unhappy.
0: And what about the whole farmland uh, buying? I mean, that doesn't stop. I mean, they just bought... I don't know. I know they're buying a lot of farmland, but I know they just also bought a bunch of land next to a big military base. Yes. But apparently they've been doing that for a long time and it just hasn't been reported and it's gone under the radar. The,
7: the Chinese Communist Party has developed a very effective strategy for overtaking the united states and part of it is you do everything in secrecy when you get caught you deny it up and down back and forth no 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 that never happened when of course it happened and you can find the 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 land sale prices to prove that it happened and then they keep saying no no you're wrong you don't understand what we're doing we're just trying to invest in america no they're trying to invest in what they hope will be the next piece of china which happens to be america
0: And at this point, I mean, is it fair to say that China, you know, I don't want, I'm trying to find a word other than own, but I feel like they have so much say and authority. I would say in more countries than not at this point with all the deals they've made, with all the things they've offered with all, you know, and they're very slick. They're very cunning. They're very convincing. You know, and these leaders are obviously definitely hungry for money, for opportunity to advance, uh, you know, their own personal interests. And China, you know, comes in and like I said, they make deals that a lot of these leaders can't refuse. So is it fair to say, though, at this point that it seems like they own... Or, or have a, a major amount of authority in more countries than not. I would say it's probably 70% at this point of countries that they have heavy influence in. What do you say? Yeah,
7: yeah. I mean, they, they have long-term strategies. That, they have strategies that go for 100 years. Now, when's the last time you heard of an American politician with a 100-year strategy? No, 100 seconds, perhaps, you know, and then and then I'll change course again. Yeah. The Chinese look far, far ahead. Uh, I mean, of course, they've been around for thousands of years, uh, not not the Communist Party, but China itself as a power, um, as a country. And so they can take this longer perspective. What they're doing now is it's a twofold strategy. They are because Xi Jinping wants to be recognized. He, he has an enormous ego, short name, but a big ego. Um, and And he wants the world to know that he is in charge of China and China is in charge of you. And so it's, you know, that's not even subtle. There are other things going on in the background, cutting different deals with American firms so that they'll continue to make products in China, giving them preferential treatment as long as they do exactly what the Communist Party tells them to do. I mean, it's, it's, it, it's, the, it's the slow pitch, fast pitch strategy, and it works. And, and you know, I, I thought it was just amazing that at this dinner last or earlier in the week, where CEOs from American companies came to meet with Xi Jinping, they gave him a standing ovation. Now, you know, I'm, at least at least they were standing. They weren't kneeling, um, but, but it's, it's, it's just reached this point of absurdity now. What he said to Biden was the world is big enough for both of us to exist. Well, think about what that means. We'll let you exist as long as you don't give us any grief.
0: And what about the ties that Biden has with China? Uh, and, and and that's one example why I feel that China has more power and authority over our country than we do in many aspects, just because oh. of not only Biden, but uh, I would say a lot of DC more than not has sold out to, to China, other you know, other elites have sold out to China. Um, we could go yeah, on and
7: on. It, it takes different forms, Rory. and, and But but the, the basic message is still the same, which is you're too big to insult. We're a little bit scared of you. We don't want to admit that. But doggone it, you've gotten awfully strong. Your military is awfully uh, powerful now. And you're way ahead of us in an artificial intelligence, which I think China considers the future and that's a big part of this book that I've just written um you know ever since we started to hear stories about chat gpt yes. and other generative uh, artificial intelligence products there's been increasing worry i think in, in the intellectual community in the scientific community certainly high tech about well how far is this going to go you know we're we're letting ai convince us that it can do so many things that humans have been doing for decades. Um, what you know? How much further are we going to let them go? Are we going to let them write our books for us? Are we going to let them direct and and star in movies for us? Um, you know, where does it end? And my concern, and one of the things I've posited in this book, is it has already reached the potential for AI chatbots, generative AI. To take over, and tell us what to do.
0: If you also notice that China has a lot of power uh, over our sports industry, over Hollywood, over all the you know entertainment that we consume? I mean, it, it's dangerous. I mean, it, our everyday life is, and in many ways, compromised by China.
7: Well, it's been and infiltrated. The
0: education system. Oh, go ahead
7: no, absolutely, you're right. Uh, our, our, our daily lives have been infiltrated by China and, and I'm sorry, Americans, but we have to accept blame for it. We let it happen. Uh, they, they started to send over, you know, these billions of tons of junk products and we buy them because they're 25 cents cheaper. Uh, I, I think your last guest, Ari, was making a very good point. Let's start building our own products again. Made in America, what a concept.
0: John, should we be worried I mean obviously the product most most things in china are built very cheaply and and, and aren't the best uh yeah. quality but from a technology standpoint when people are buying stuff from china don't you think they should be concerned of surveillance and stuff like that we buy so much technology from china whether it's a consumer going to best buy or you know an electronic store or whether it's our government getting a, a technology from China. And I don't think they think hard and deeply enough about this. I just think they are so focused on the transaction um, and they don't think of the long-term consequences.
7: Yeah, Roy, I, I think, you know, there's, there's word going around now, people that I've talked to, people who, who study these things, um, people who are going in, and you, you pointed out one big box store, but it, it's more than just that, going in to buy a new television and the television itself li- i'm not making this up literally the television itself says you like watching espn you like watching right. such and such you like watching modern family
0: picking up on your interests
7: has a television ever tel- told you that before ai this is this is where we're yeah. headed exactly and and so and, and then we you know we get into this this aberration called TikTok, which is yep. owned by china it's controlled by china you go on and you you snap pictures of yourself you give information about yourself you tell other people about your medical concerns and what you do it's all being recorded you you are just making china stronger every time you tick or talk
0: and I, you know i have, I have a couple of thoughts about that um i do find it entertaining um, I, I, mean, I don't use it to post videos, but I watch, I watch videos. There's, there's a quite, quite a, quite a wide variety of different subject matters on there. Uh, you can find everything, sports, politics, entertainment. Um, I will say though, you know, people do make a big issue about TikTok, and I understand cause it was originated in China, but I want more people to bring the light and, and address how Facebook is compromised by China, how Instagram is compromised by China, how Twitter in a lot of ways is compromised by China. They've taken more money from China than any other country. So these these other platforms might as well be born and originated in China. You know what I mean? Um, well, CCP has so much influence over big tech and it's been going on for so long. And one other thing I wanted to bring up about TikTok, something dangerous, When they have people do these trends and these dances and these different body movements, they're picking up people's facial recognition, their body movements, how they move, and they're using that to their advantage and implementing it into other products for their future. I I don't think enough people understand that. I mean, people's entire, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Not identity, but this stuff can be taken from people and be used in experiments and other other products uh, in, in China's future. And there's been articles about this. Yeah. So these trends and these dances and these movements people are making on TikTok are not because it's fun. Like you mentioned earlier, it's collecting like, like a really intense amount of data that's going to be used for nefarious purposes.
7: Uh, that's, that's absolutely right, Rory. And it's it's something that I feel that our government should start to address. Um, right. I, I think just this week we saw a, an absolutely disgusting example. Um, TikTok is now running videos that praise Osama bin Laden. Yeah. Now, you know, there's everybody likes to say, well, we have free speech in America, and nobody can tell us what to say or do. Okay. Um, Osama bin Laden knew that too, and and to bring him back. Uh, you know, in some sort of heroic fashion, is is just it's it's spitting on the lives of everybody that died in 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 9/11, and I think that we should all be ashamed that we allow that to go on. Uh, TikTok and you know, look the pro-Palestinian stuff that that's on TikTok now, 90% pro-Palestinian, 10% pro-Israeli, and the pro-Israeli comments and 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 videos etc. are mocked. And 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 insulted by people who don't want to have their names known, but then they say, you know, Hitler was right. Uh, duh, duh. It's it's taking political extremism beyond the pale of politics and into national security, and and nobody wants to believe it. We are going to entertain ourselves to death if we don't get smart.
0: And and, and John. Um... With TikTok and all these other big tech companies, I mean, they they pay so much money to these elected officials to you know protect them, to prevent them from being banned, and it works. Money, money speaks. Money talks. I mean, these these people are, um, yeah. Your thoughts on that, though?
7: Well, I mean, look, a couple of governors have taken early steps. Uh, I guess they've banned. The use of tick tock by state agencies right, right. And, and you know that's about all the government can do that you, you right. can't so far you can't say we're making TikTok illegal here uh and, and, in, and in fact i think that would be a response that would also be going too far you, you don't you don't just take things away because so and so is in power in a certain state there has to be a consensus there has to be an understanding just like and again I'm, I'm i was very impressed by your by your previous guest Ari. Uh, you know there used to be american pride and shared values and an understanding that we are a great country because we share these values and we work hard and we take care of each other uh, the title of my new book is just another country and it it offers a, a horror i'm afraid a very scary scenario of America losing its value as the leader of the world because these young, you know, the younger generations and people who don't like politics the way they're run in our country are just saying, oh, we're no better than anybody else. We're no better than Zimbabwe. Yeah, we're just as, you know, we're, we're just as crappy as, as, as Brazil. And the point of the book is, no, America is not just another country. It is the greatest experiment in human freedom in all of history. And anybody who can't understand that and support it and believe in it really needs to get on a plane and go somewhere else.
0: I agree. And, and I, I want to ask you, John, um, what do you make of China and Russia's alliance? Does that terrify you? Because they, they, the they are the two most powerful countries in the world at this time, if you're gonna ask me who, who, who's the most dominant, I would say those two.
7: Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a brotherhood made in hell. Um, I think that China is by far the stronger partner in this alliance. Russia is is wearing itself out in Ukraine. Certainly, it still has nuclear weapons. Certainly, it still has huge military resources.
0: You, but still, nothing... you think Russia's still winning?
7: I think Russia has surged back in Ukraine after having a very embarrassing first year. Uh, You know, and everybody would say, oh, Putin's done. He's going to get thrown out. Putin has shown that he has a lot of staying power. I'm I'm not saying a single thing positive about him. I'm simply saying that he plays for the long term, much like China. Putin can stay, you know, in Ukraine, losing tens of thousands of men and, and soldiers every month. And it doesn't bother him. And those are the th- those are the kinds of values that I'm talking about in America. We value the lives of our soldiers. We value the lives of our veterans. My goodness, your last guest is going to donate a kidney to a veteran out of out of reverence for that person's sacrifices. That that Putin and Xi don't Xi Jinping don't care about that, and and nor does uh, nor does Iran, which is becoming the junior partner in in this uh, you know triangle from hell.
0: Right. There's been politicians and there's been talk. And I don't know how how much volume it has or how much weight it carries that they're going to try to take out Putin. Um, I don't think that's a good idea. I think that's a horrible idea. I think that would create a war among many other like many other countries would get involved. It wouldn't just be Russia who would you know. And this this would be hor- This would be horrible. Uh, but what do you think? Uh, your thoughts on that?
7: Well, <laughs> two thoughts. I mean, we saw what happened when the head of the Wagner Group challenged Putin publicly and started marching toward Moscow. Um, and then, you know, he decided he'd turn around and, okay, now we'll talk some more. And You know, Putin, you, you need to understand what I was saying, and I'm glad that we've had this conversation. And two weeks later, he died in a plane crash. Uh, surprise, surprise. The other thing is when when Russia was still part of the Soviet Communist Party, when it was still the Soviet Union. I was, I was working there then, uh, years ago when it was Leonid Brezhnev in charge. And I'd come back to the United States and people would say, it's such a terrible place. Why don't the people of Soviet Union rebel against their leaders and take them out and just get rid of the Communist Party? And I finally figured out an answer that, that I was trying not to be nasty to them But I wanted them to see what they were saying. What I always said was, you know what? I think it's a great idea. You get a visa to Russia. You go over there and you start the charge. You go in front. You go first and you tell them we're done with you. We're going to take you out and see what happens. Oh, well, no, I'm not. Oh, no, I want somebody else to do it. Sure you do. So that you can just sit back and have some potato chips and watch the next episode of your favorite TV show.
0: And what do you make of what's going on right now in the Middle East? Um, How do you think that plays out? I want to get your overall thoughts on that because everybody has a... I, I
7: I am shocked beyond words how quickly public opinion in the United States and elsewhere in the Western world has completely forgotten what Hamas did on October 7th. They stormed across the borders. They were firing missiles. They attacked kibbutzes. They attacked, you know, a, a concert hall, etc. And they beheaded people. And they took old women and little children hostages. And now the only thing you see in the news now, the mainstream media, the New York Times, all they can talk about is, well, there's no power. There's no food. There's no water. My goodness, the hospitals are, are, are suffering now and can't treat patients. Here's the question, Rory, those hospitals in Gaza, how come when the, when the Israeli army got close to them, they fired back? I, I, I don't think cancer patients and doctors and nurses were pulling out arms and, and, and trying to, to shoot Israelis. There were some people in there that were called Hamas now sure they've gotten they've gone down into their tunnels and they've gotten away now and all of that but but our our memory and our ability to judge and and understand what's really going on instead of just what we saw on TikTok is abhorrent we we've just given up any kind of serious thinking and you know i know serious thinking is hard but so is being a slave to another country
0: right and this thing is obviously going to escalate, it's going to get crazier and crazier, it's going to get more and more violent. There's no there's no end game in sight. Um, And I and and this is the type of war um, that I would say is going to be the one of the worst in history. Um, This is so much more than just an ordinary war. Um, I could see this going over 20 years just because of all the countries that could potentially get involved. Um, because you know we've seen China, Russia, North Korea, Saudi Arabia say they're gonna back up Palestine. We've seen Iran say they will back up Palestine. Um, pretty much from what I've seen, most countries are saying they're with Palestine. Israel can only count on the US and NATO. And NATO isn't really much help I mean, you know, Turkey um, is a strong uh, force in NATO, but other than that, I don't know how they could compete with these countries that are with Palestine.
7: Right, and and, and remember, Turkey has expressed concern and sympathy for the Palestinians.
0: And, and Turkey has the largest military in the Middle East, if I'm not mistaken.
7: In, in that region, yes, absolutely. Yes, <laughs> um, I, I think that that it is... First thing to remember, Rory, is the Middle East has been at war since 1948, since right. the creation of Israel.
0: But this is a whole new
4: level of war. And of
7: course, this is a different level uh, because Hamas, Hezbollah, the, the, the uh, uh, Islamic Jihad have all been powered and armed by superpowers, by China, when, by Russia, by Iran.
0: Yeah, and when religion gets involved, that's when this war... Takes a whole new meaning and goes to a whole nether extreme. I mean, like I said, this this is not just an ordinary war. I mean, when you have religion involved, when you have all these other countries with interests, and you know they have things that, that they want uh, with this, you know, in terms of saying they're going to back up Palestine. So you, it's it's not just between Palestine and Israel. It's so bigger than that. but Go ahead. Sorry.
7: No, I I, I, I won't ever call myself a an. Islamic expert. I, I'm not. Uh, I've, I've read the Koran. I've, I've tried to do some, un, some, some searching about what Islam really preaches. I think that this, you know, two-second analysis of Islam, oh, they, they, want, they want to kill everybody. It's a little more nuanced than that. However, the bottom line of, of the belief system of these Islamic soldiers is if we die, we get a big treat. We, you know, we get rewarded. Uh, and you know, I'm not going to get into the virgins in heaven and all that, but, but, but if the concept of death is portrayed as something to be sought after, then you've got a real long war on your hands.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't want to send our troops over there, but we're already doing it. And we already have thousands over there. And I, I, I predict within six months, there'll be hundreds of thousands over there. I mean, I, I, I don't know what else.
7: You know. I, I, I think right now that, that the Biden administration, which is the only one we've got at the moment. Um, is. is... I, mean,
0: I, I feel horrible for what's going on, but I don't want to be the world police. We get into all these wars. We spend all this money. We lose our people. It's tragic, but keep going. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off.
7: No, not at all. It's you're you're right. Um, I think that what what they're trying to do now is talk to the the, the second tier players, Saudi Arabia, Egypt, uh, you know, Lebanon, and say, look, you don't want this any more than we do, because your people are going to get killed too. Now, of course, the answer that I get is, oh, glory to them, glory to our martyrs, but. There are also economic costs, and Saudi Arabia is very sensitive about having an economic cost applied to it. Egypt can't afford to have any more economic problems. It, its economy is really teetering. And so you know, we, what you can only hope is that when Hamas and Hezbollah go back to their masters in Tehran and in Cairo and elsewhere and, you know, and say we need more arms, we need more money, that they get told no, no, no you started this you finish it let us know when it's over so that that, that would be that would be the one way to tamp this down uh, is if hamas realizes that its resources are going to be limited
0: right and we've seen world war 1 we've seen world war 2 is this could this be the closest thing to world war 3 that that we ever see or or, or could i mean could it Transform into World War III. I mean, when you have all these countries that potentially could get involved, wouldn't that classify as?
7: Well, you, the, the the key word there is could. They could get involved. Yes, um, I think we have, you know, a, a triple scenario that that should worry everybody in America. China wants to take Taiwan by force if necessary. By okay. Christmas
0: is what I've heard before the year's over.
7: Yeah, uh, it you know um, all all they want for Christmas is Taiwan and their stock. <laughs> um, yeah, Russia is just not going to give up on Ukraine, yeah. and Iran is perfectly willing to start to use its pretty potent armed forces uh, to support the Palestinian cause if they think it's in their own interests. Remember, Iran is a, is a Shiite Islamic nation. And, the, and and Hamas is is a Sunni uh, Islamic force, and those two parts of Islam have never gotten along anyway. Uh, so sort of like you know the Irish Catholics and the English and the Irish Protestants. Right. But if they think that it's in their interest, Iran could get interested in becoming part of of the Palestinian cause. So that would be a three prong threat to the world. Russia in, in Ukraine, China taking Tehran, and Iran getting more involved, more violently involved in the Middle East. Uh, and I'm not sure that the United States is ready to take on all three of those simultaneously. We've cut down our our forces, uh, our military budget, thanks to the Democrats, uh, and, and now it's now it's a little bit of ass covering, frankly, in Washington. Oh, well, you know, we, yeah, we did cut back their, their budget, but we thought everything was gonna be peaceful. Well, it's not peaceful. Oh, well, uh, let's see, that was Trump's fault. No, <laughs> yeah, and, so, and so you're playing so many different levels of, of chess now where there's this, there's the immediate threat of these three countries, China, Russia, and Iran, starting wars that would require us to respond. There's the second level of Washington butt covering, blaming each other across the aisle. Say you did it, no, you did it. And then of course we have a US election coming up in a year, a presidential election. And that's going, the way America has been acting in the past 20 or so years, that's going to seem more important than saving the world from total nuclear disaster.
0: Yeah, no, no, I hear you. And they're they're not, Thinking about the severities enough are they? I mean, they're so caught up in their their lives and their you know enriching their bank accounts and being you know so, so self righteous and self indulged. I mean, it's and
7: and 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 who can talk the most voters, the most undecided voters into swinging their way? You know, okay, you got you got the hardcore Republicans, you got hardcore Democrats. You're not gonna change that. And the electoral map is is really kind of up for grabs. And so it's these undecided who are still maybe trying to, to, to figure out which is the least worst option. I don't think anybody's saying what's the best option because they not exist, but the least worst option. And all that anybody is considering right now is who's gonna win, who's gonna win, Trump or Biden or somebody else, who's gonna do it? While the rest of the world is on a very long fuse Coming to the end of the fuse and the explosion.
0: Could you see Russia um, launching a cyber attack, turning off our resources, our communication, our food, our technology, all that stuff? <laughs> I,
7: I I believe that there's a, a new movie out that that posits that that that, that suggests that a massive cyber attack um, is is doable. Now. There would be a huge retaliation against that. And Russia knows that. And Russia has to decide how many, how many adventures it can sponsor at the same time. Being in Ukraine is very expensive for them. And they're losing a lot of soldiers and they're using up a lot of ammunition. Do they want to make themselves even further a pariah to the rest of the world by starting to use cyber attacks and of course, they're also liable to getting cyber attacked themselves. Their their system is not so superior, and in fact, it, it's it's flimsy compared to some others. So, Russia doing that would be w- would be really putting your hand, you know, in the lion's den and hoping that you don't get it bit off.
0: No, I, I hear you. And and with it, with with our open border, do you worry about um, another. 9-11 type of attack, is there's yeah. a lot of, there's a lot of prediction with that, especially, you yeah. the ter- terrorists that have gotten through. Um, they, they,
7: they've already started to count the number that they know got into the United States. And, and by the way, you know, China is not without a role in this as well. There are Chinese agents in Mexico directing and supporting and encouraging illegal immigrants to come across the river and get into the United States. They are telling them, they're promising them, as though a Chinese promise, you know, is worth something. They're promising them. They're going to let you in. And Right now, the United States will let anybody in that wants to come in. And you know what, guys? They'll probably treat you better than their own citizens. So, of course, it encourages even greater numbers to come in, including people that hate the United States and are willing to do anything they can to weaken the United States once they get in.
0: And it would be easier for terrorists to commit bigger atrocities uh, now than 20 years ago, just because with all the technology, how it's evolved, and
7: yeah, I mean, I th- I think that the 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 um, use of airplanes uh, to hit buildings and do things like that would be, and I don't in any way ever want to minimize what happened on 9/11 but in terms of the potential loss of life, uh, that would be considered a minor action compared to what could be done now, as you say, with higher technology and more more potent weaponry. And of course, the United States is helping to kill itself with fentanyl, which China produces and sends us through through Mexico.
0: And I've been predicting that the next terrorist attack would be like simultaneously. basically different ones at once all, all happening at the same time. Um, you know, a big building like empire state building, the most popular sports facility, um, you know, the busiest airport, like they they could coordinate it that way. I, I believe they're going to be clever and slick and not, um, you know, just plain when they do it, they really want to really want to make this, um, as big as possible And, and, you know.
7: The danger, oh, is, yeah, the, the danger is clear for anyone who wants to see, to see what's going on. The problem is right now in the United States, we're more interested in who wins the Golden Bachelor competition than we are in protecting our own country.
0: It's true. It's true. And I, we mentioned cyber attacks. Do you worry about nuclear attacks or no?
7: I, <laughs> Of course, I'd be a fool to say I don't worry about it. I believe, though, that the impossibility of hiding responsibility for a nuclear attack is so high if 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 a nuke goes off we're going to know about it in the 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 nuclear you know um registration offices in sweden and 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 norway and of course in the united states as soon as you start to, to see radiation it gets tracked and then you can figure out who it's coming from and so the the blowback from that i think is is pretty one, two, three, in terms of, of logic, response, and and punishment. Cyber warfare is something completely different. It is so subtle. Now, I'm not saying it can't be tracked, but it is a much different method of military attack. And so, yes, I think that that could be done, and, and it would be weeks before we could absolutely ascertain which country is behind it, and then respond in some military or cyber fashion. So yeah, it's it's a much more dangerous world than it was 20 years ago.
0: And when China uh, overtakes Taiwan, um, what's that going to look like? What's that going to look like for us? Are, are we going to send our are we going to send our troops over there? Are we going to send a bunch of money? Um, we know that the semiconductor business is really big right now, and if China gets all that power, um, it's going to be devastating. It's going to be devastating, devastating to so many different countries. Um, it, it, we definitely have interest with Taiwan. They've always been our ally. We do a lot of business with them. Yeah. Um, I would say we only defend them to a certain extent, and then we would have to cut it off.
7: Well, I mean, we've made a public commitment to defend them from attack. So the the president who decides, hey, we didn't really mean that, You know, we, can't, we only kind of, sort of are going to defend you, uh, is going to be someone whose place in history is written in blood. So I I don't know. Uh, Sure, uh, China wants to take Taiwan. I think that as Xi Jinping realizes that there are forces opposed to him in China, he's going to be emboldened to continue his Taiwan attacks, including military attacks, to show, hey, I'm still in charge here. I'm still the big dog.
0: Do you think this war will be a long one? Do you think it's going to be... Similar to what we're seeing now with Ukraine and Russia and Israel and Palestine, or I,
7: I, I do not. Uh, um, and of course, first of all, I, I I pray that there won't be a war over Taiwan. But Taiwan is an island. Uh, China would still have to attack it by sea and air, not land. They could send troops via via the the straits, but uh, it would not be the kind of border war that that Russia and Ukraine are fighting. Um, and I think it would be short because there's, because Taiwan is a fairly small piece of land. It's a very important piece of land and there's a lot of good people there. We don't want to see them get hurt, but it would be, the, the battlefield would be immensely smaller than Ukraine.
0: Gotcha. And, and I have to ask you before I let you go, I gotta, um, with the China report lately, it says their economy, is suffering tremendously. Do you buy into that, or do you think that might be BS?
7: No, no. I think they are suffering. I, I think that they, they tried to uh, just like they do a just like they successfully did with um, with high tech. They have so far unsuccessfully tried to outbuild America in terms of housing, um, <coughs> new construction, etc. What they found is you can build all the apartment complexes that you want, but if people can't afford them, they won't move into them. And further, I mean, if your companies that are building these mammoth, hundreds and thousands of mammoth construction sites are, are you doing shoddy work and producing buildings that fall down and not paying their workers on time and, and using the cheapest materials possible, that undermines the economy because there's no faith in the people that built the the, the, the the buildings, and the people that are building the buildings are then saying to the government, "We can't afford this anymore." And the government says, "We don't care. Do it anyway, with whose money?" And so they've got themselves a good economic conundrum. Um, and I, I I hope that uh, Xi Jinping takes some time to think about that instead of like you know whether he'd like to buy more land in North Dakota.
0: <laughs> yeah, and we're seeing how florida has put a ban on china purchasing land in that state why don't we do that federally i mean that should be a must that should be mandatory that china should not have any access to our land
7: it it would take cooperation in congress and we haven't seen much of that recently or so, it would ta- or here, here's an idea rory it could take some bold action and brave action from the president of the United States. Do you see that coming anytime soon? I don't
0: No. Do you you think we'll ever get full transparency with the whole COVID um, and China, you know, being held accountable? Because we all know they released it and, and their main target was the US, even though it did affect other countries they wanted they wanted to send us a message.
7: Rory that that was the premise of the first of these three books that I wrote about China.
0: Yeah.
7: which was a, you know which was yes it was created in a laboratory in Wuhan and it was exported on purpose. Right. And and oh my goodness I got such backlash and such criticism. Oh you can't say those sorts of things. How do you know this? whatever how do you, you know, if, you, if you're suffering from COVID, if you've just been on a trip to China and you come back and you've suddenly realize you have got COVID, where do you think you picked it up? Do you think you picked it up in, in, you know, Dallas? Probably not. And and so the the willingness of organizations like the World Health Organization to say, shh, shh don't call it, don't call it Chinese flu, don't call it the Wuhan virus, let's call it uh, 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 COVID because nobody knows what that means. It, it, it was, you know, don't look here, look over here, and 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 our own, um, uh, you know, uh, Department of Health and 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 Welfare, bought into it. You can't do that, and you had the mainstream news media every single night saying things like, "Look, you know, if you're not vaccinated, then you're the problem. If you if you you have to get vaccinated because you have to do what we tell you." Well, you know, so no, I don't think we'll ever be able to prove prove it because that would require a trial and who are we going to put on trial and where's the trial going to be held I
0: hear I hear it's 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 the biggest case of crimes against humanity i think we've ever seen
2: uh
7: i think that's a very uh, possible statement yeah yeah uh, uh, and i again i don't ever want to minimize you know, Pol Pot or Hitler or anything like that. But yes, I think that that the release of COVID and the toll that it took on the whole world and on the economy of the whole world might exceed anything else that we've ever seen.
0: And we're seeing China continuously over and over do lockdowns on their citizens. We see how they're saying that, you know, different variants are going to be coming soon again. Could we see a repeat of this?
7: Yeah, sure. Absolutely. I mean the variants are different. They're they they they're all part of the same family, but they don't get along. Right. Uh, you know, that, that's one way to put it for people so they understand. And so each time there's a new variant, especially if it's if it is contrary enough to what we've seen in the past,
2: right.
7: the very, you know, hardworking scientists who are trying to find cures for this and preventive methods for this, have to go back and start again. Right. So there, there's, there's nothing that's going to get solved before the end of this TV show and before the commercials come on. Right. You know, it's, it's just a longer-term project than that.
0: And this whole social credit score thing, um, oh. yeah, explain that to the audience.
7: Well, <clears throat> China, um, China s- scores it's, it's, its citizenry. Everybody in China – uh, who has a job, everybody in China who applies for a driver's license, everybody in China who wants to be in the Communist Party, everybody in China that wants to leave the country to, to go on a vacation or go to see their relatives elsewhere, is asked questions. And their past actions are tallied and and, and reported and, and put into a huge mega database. And you get then a social credit score. Um, <clears throat> you know, I remember when I was in Catholic school, I used to do okay in math, but then they'd say, you know, but you missed out, you didn't go to mass that week. Well, how do you know that? Well, we were watching. Oh, okay. So it's not about mass, and it's not about math. It's about, are you a good citizen? Do you do what the Communist Party tells you? Have you ever said anything that that we might not like? It goes this far, Rory, when you're crossing the street in China, certainly in Beijing, in Wuhan, in Shanghai, when you cross the street, there are sensors on both sides of the street watching as people cross the street to look at their eye movements and if their eye movements seem suspicious your score goes
0: down it's unreal and they want to implement that same sort of madness into the us
7: uh, we're, we're we're doing it slowly yeah
0: John, I got to get you back here soon, but tell everybody before you go, the biggest takeaway from this book, what you want everybody to get from it.
7: I, I, I dedicated the book to everybody who does not believe that America is just another country. We're not, we're special and we should be treated that way and we should be proud of that uh and and china's lead in artificial intelligence is going to be a great cause of concern for us and when the when the chat bots take over you're not going to be able to say no
0: yeah and that's the thing once these once these machines you know are on and they're programmed eventually you won't be able to turn them off
7: you you really can't turn them off now but you can, but you can say, "I'm not going to do that right now." And the next time, though, you do that, they're going to say, "Ah, uh-huh, there's a price to pay for saying no to me."
0: You're referring to these technologies.
2: Mm-hmm, yeah.
0: And, and China, like right, right now, they're developing more and more technologies. Can you can you speak on that just a little bit before you go?
7: <clears throat> well, I'll try. Um, China has has reached the point in its artificial intelligence development that it could, if it was, if it had the financial backing to do so, it could eliminate the need for about 40% of its human workforce. Now, to do that would be a huge economic and social uh, uh, wound to their economy and to their people. Right. But they have the technological capability to put in bots, whatever you want to call them these days, quins, et cetera, to do your work. And, and sorry, Rory, but that includes being a talk show host. You know, uh, 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 gang, Ganga Khan or whatever, the, 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 the chat bot thinks it can do just as well as you and sell as many ads as you do. Now it will never look as, as handsome as you do, so let's you know you're in no trouble but Thanks. but um, the the capacity for a takeover of human effort and work and labor and intelligence is there
0: I hear you I hear you it's going to be an interesting future, man, and it's, it's going to be- get more it's going to get more and more evolved If we think it's bad now, just wait everybody just wait.
7: It's going to be an interesting future if we get to live it.
0: True, very true. John, tell everybody where they can get involved, and we'll get you back here soon. Uh,
7: it's it's the the book is now out. It's on Amazon. It's on Barnes and Noble. It's on uh, Apple iBooks. Uh, if you want to get involved, you know, call, call, get 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 your local independent bookstore to to get the book, because we need to keep these guys supported um, further. If you if you actually care about anything that I've said, and are worried about China, if you're worried about Russia, if you're worried about Iran, let your congressman know. I mean, you know, these guys don't listen unless they're scared.
0: It's true. It's very true. John Moody, everybody, the great one, the legend. Uh, Thank you, my friend. We will talk to you very soon. Have a great weekend. God bless you. Cheers, my friend.
7: God bless, Rory. Thanks.
0: All right. Stay with us, everybody. Coming to you live from Palm Springs, California, this is Rory Soder and the news.
4: I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm excited to announce my new product, My Coffee. I get products all the time from entrepreneurs for my new platform, mystore.com. And when I tried my coffee for the first time, I was blown away. It is the best coffee I've ever had in my life. I spent the last four months doing my due diligence and this family owned business micromanages every step from the fields to the cup to ensure the best quality coffee you're ever gonna have. It starts with the beans that are grown in Honduras Honduras' volcanic soil and humid climate make the perfect growing conditions for coffee plants, which produce the best beans ever. Then each batch is tested for its aroma, taste, and other aspects to meet the highest standards in the coffee industry. And after that, it goes into production, which is all done right here in the USA. And I'm going to give you deep discounts on all my store products. That's mystore.com. It's my new platform for USA entrepreneurs. Please order now.
3: Just like that, a moment turns romantic. So why pause to take a pill? And when you're having fun, why stop to find a bathroom? With Cialis for daily use, you don't have to plan around either. It's the only daily tablet approved to treat erectile dysfunction, so you can be ready any the moment is right. Plus, Cialis treats the frustrating urinary symptoms of BPH, like needing to go frequently, day or night. Tell your doctor about all your medical conditions and medicines, and ask if your heart is healthy enough for sex. Do not take Cialis if you take nitrates for chest pain or Adempis for pulmonary hypertension, as it may cause an unsafe drop in blood pressure. Do not drink alcohol in excess. Side effects may include headache, upset stomach, delayed backache, or muscle ache. To avoid long-term injury, get medical help right away for an erection lasting more than four hours. If you have any sudden decrease or loss in hearing or vision, or any symptoms of an allergic reaction, stop taking Cialis and get medical help right away. Why pause the moment? Ask your doctor about Cialis for daily use. And for a $200 savings card, go to Cialis.com.
0: And we are back, Rory Sauter and the News, coming to you live from Palm Springs, California. My next guest uh, has had quite the career, Uh, impressive resume, Uh, very excited to have him on the show for the first time. Uh, We have Scott McKay with us. Scott, welcome, my friend. Uh, Rory, thanks for having me. Absolutely. First and foremost, give us a bio, a background, how it all started for you, all that fun stuff.
5: Sure. Uh, well, I, my uh, background as a writer, publisher, uh, media person, I guess you want to say, uh, goes all the way back to the late 90s when um, uh, right out of school I started a sports publication that covered LSU athletics. Nice. And I did that for like eight years and and really, uh, you know, kind of got the publishing bug. Uh, but, uh, um, uh, you know, as it was a niche publication in a sports market, it's, it's kid stuff. And uh, so, you know, I, I entered the uh, the real world, had a couple of corporate sales jobs or whatever, but noticed that a couple of things were true. Number one, politics uh, interfered with every aspect of life. Um, and uh, secondly, uh, uh, the government was making things harder for people to make a living and succeed all the time. Um, and so... Uh, I'd always been a little bit political. So in 2009, uh, I started the Hayride, which is essentially the conservative website in Louisiana. Um, And just, you know, we were the kind of the lone voice in the wilderness uh, pushing back against the mainstream media narratives uh, in the state, you know, which are, you know, kind of good liberal narratives, right? Uh, As Louisiana was 50th in everything. And so... um, you know, did that for a while. Uh, eventually, got picked up at the American Spectator as a columnist uh, in 2012, and I've been doing that for for a decade. Um, and then, you know, some publishers came calling. And uh, a year ago, I wrote a book called The Revivalist Manifesto, uh, which is sort of a, a a playbook for conservatives who are tired of uh, getting rings run around them by the, uh, the the modern left. And then I had a publisher come to me about. The current project that uh, I guess we're here to discuss, which is racism, revenge, and ruin—it's all Obama. Um, it basically was like, "Hey, you know, like we think that Barack Obama is the reason why the country is in the state it's in." And I, I said, well, I wholeheartedly agree with that. And so it was like, "Well, would you like to write a book about him?" Like, yes, I would. Um, and so uh, the book is out on Tuesday. Uh, the folks at Calamo Press, I think, have done a fantastic job. Uh, with the editing and the cover and, and and everything else, and it's it's a you know it's a real pleasure to to introduce this thing to the public. And it, interestingly enough, it, it's a very timely book, right? Because I think the country is beginning to kind of wake up to the idea that you know they always kind of felt like Joe Biden wasn't really running the country, um, but now it's like more and more obvious that Barack Obama is the real power behind the throne. Um, to some people, it's been obvious for a while, but I think folks that never really paid that much attention to it are really starting to figure it out. I mean, and, you know, there have been unmistakable signals of this, but a week or so ago when David Axelrod essentially fired Joe Biden as the uh, as the Democrats nominee and, you know, Biden's response was to call him a bad word. Um, but I mean, you know, it was like pretty brazen that he would come out and say, yeah, this guy needs to get out because he's no good. Um and it's like, well, who is David asked for Rod to make that statement? And the answer is, well, he speaks for Obama. Um, so when you when you pay attention, and of course, o- Obama, the ex president, won't shut up about politics, right? Like, I mean, he constantly talks about it um, in ways that you never see other former presidents do. Bill Clinton doesn't talk about politics anywhere near as much as Obama does. George W. Bush can't, you know, you can't get a word out of him on that. Um, And some of the other ones that that are still out there. I mean, Jimmy Jimmy Carter uh, practically never talked about politics. He did some of these other things. But in terms of pontificating about current events, nobody, nobody meets Obama's standard. Um, And and that makes sense, right? Because he's the only American president in history who ever chose to stay in Washington, D.C. after he left office. You know, Woodrow Wilson was a stroke patient and they basically couldn't move him. And so he stayed in Washington for a little while after his term ended. But nobody's went out and bought a house someplace to live in Washington, D.C. Barack Obama has.
0: Right. You brought up the fact that Obama is running the show, which I agree with. And yeah. it does look more and more of a re- like a reality every day that. Somebody else could be taking the spot in 2024. I just wonder who that would be. Would it be Newsom? Would it be Big Mike? Yeah. <laughs> would it be Big Mike? I mean, another Obama in there? I don't know. Well,
5: there's I a would, lot of rumor I mean,
0: that that uh, Obama's wife would run, and well, it, that she could probably yeah. win. Sadly, and that's scary to think about. Um, yeah. She would be hard to
5: beat were she and, to run.
0: And even Newsom, I, I can't stand the guy, but he's yeah. clever. He's slick. He's got the personality. He knows how to light up a room. And uh, if he was to run, I think he could win. Well, he could. I mean, look, the Democrat
5: politics in America today is machine politics. And if you're able to, to pour enough money and talent into the machine, you can, I mean, you can elect a John Fetterman. Right, like I mean, <laughs> so you
7: actually think
0: you he said. was legitimately elected, though? Do you think that was, or do I mean, I mean, maybe well, right? This way, they counted those votes, so
5: you know, I hate to say it, but the answer is yes. I mean, uh, you know, but by we also that the argument, you and I would respect, maybe not. But I mean, you know, he's serving in the Senate, so and could, nobody's going to do anything to, to to really audit the books in in Pennsylvania as to their elections, so. You know, I mean, I like I don't know what to say. I don't I, I think it's kind of illegitimate to have somebody who's in the shape veterans in serving in the Senate, but I don't know how to stop it. And by that standard, you know, like that's how elections work in Pennsylvania. So, you know, you can complain about it, but, you know, it, it doesn't change the reality. So, you know, they have the ability to get almost anybody elected where Newsom is concerned. See, the thing about Gavin Newsom is. That guy has an ego even bigger than Barack Obama's. Oh, yeah. And right now. The, the
0: ultimate narcissist. Yes.
5: Oh, uh, I mean, it's. But you I know, will
0: say, though, he's a better speaker than Obama. He's a better speaker than Clinton. The guy is a charmer. He knows how to charm.
5: Yeah. I mean, from from a retail politics standpoint, Gavin Newsom is is probably the best they have. But here's the thing. To be, and this was true in 2020, and I think it's also going to be true in 2024, to be the Democrat nominee is going to require uh, the ability to serve as a puppet for the Obama machine. And Gavin Newsom has an ego that is way too big to allow him to do that. Um, And there was, I think it was maybe a month or so ago that he came out and said, hey, I'm not running in 2024 uh, and if there's an heir apparent, it's Kamala Harris. I read between the lines on that. And what I thought was this. Uh, he's looking at the performance of Biden and by extension, the Obama machine. Um, he's looking at all of the numbers. He's looking at poll numbers. He's looking at right track, wrong track numbers. And what he said is, you know what? I can wait until 2028 and I can pick up the pieces of what these guys have and it'll be my machine. I can run this thing and I can have the same kind of effect on the Democrat Party and American politics, you know, in general as Barack Obama. I'll wait. I'll let their thing crash and burn and then I'll pick it up and I'll do it. I think that's his thing, because when you say that Kamala Harris is the heir apparent. You're not on the up and up in saying that, right, like that you're playing games when you say nobody thinks Kamala Harris is the heir apparent. Nobody thinks Kamala Harris is the is the top of the ticket. But here's the problem, okay? If Newsom is going to sit it out because he gets full control of, of the party in 28 as the punitive nominee, which I, like, I think that's his thinking, and I don't know that he's necessarily wrong about that, but if he sets it out and you can't convince Michelle Obama to run, and here's the thing. I think if you could convince her to run, she'd have already run. Um, she didn't want the job. like She doesn't want to do the work. And the other thing about her is you can't tell her what to do. So, you know, I I think they're having trouble to get her. The problem is, I don't know who else they have. Like, there's a political problem bypassing Kamala Harris, especially if you're going to put anybody but a black woman in, they're going to have that problem. Um, Because right now, black women and single women in general are the heart, soul, base, uh, skeleton and skin of the Democrat Party right now. Um, In fact, I'll give you four numbers that will probably amaze you in but the she's 2022 election. Harris isn't black, though. She said she's Indian. Yeah, but she, you know, she identifies as black, which is, which is, you know, like they let they let them get away with that, right? Um, but okay, so there's four numbers, and this is, you know, like this explains most things in American society today. Okay, so married men are R plus 20, meaning they vote. You know, twenty percent more for Republican than Democrat. Right, right. Married women are R plus fourteen. Uh, unmarried men are R plus seven, and unmarried women are D R
0: plus 37. 30. Yeah, I was gonna say thirty something.
2: Yeah they, 30 a, yeah, they make up. Yeah,
0: I mean, they make up a shit. Democrat women make a shit make up a shit ton of the voter block. I mean,
5: they they are the voter block. I mean, like really, that is, and so everything like everything in American culture, politics, and economics right now is geared toward make toward making as many single women as possible all right so <laughs> nobody like okay. miserable miserable
0: miserable people yes absolutely well with they're with, with, with their cats and with their bottles of wine and their their streaming services go ahead that's it that's <laughs> exactly right
5: but here's the thing misery is gold to democrats right miserable people vote democrat that's how it works Happy people who don't need the government to bail them out or help them out or or provide them things or whatever. Like, you know, if your mentality is I got this, you're not a Democrat, you're a Republican. Um, And this didn't this wasn't always the case. Okay, I mean, it's it's moved this way for a while. I would argue and I do argue in the book um, that the the prime motivator to really engage this and turn it on whether it's for single women or other demographic groups in this sort of intersectional soup that they've now built, um, was Obama and the faction that he represented, which was the hard left, taking over the Democrat Party, has created this as the function of American politics, which is to redistribute wealth and power from, you know, people who say, I got this, to the people who say I'm clueless and helpless and I need the government to, to hook me up. And that, you know, because there used to be like union, old school union Democrats and like Southern Democrats and people like that who didn't really differ all that much from Republicans in particularly like the social services that they wanted government to provide. They just maybe differed around the edges. So you had like William F. Buckley conservatives and Daniel Patrick Moynihan liberals you know, per se, all of that's gone, and it died in two thousand seven. When I mean, we should on the right, we should never use the word liberal again, unless we're talking about somebody
0: who is like on the outside. We're talking like classic liberal, right. like Kennedy. Right. Yeah. You can, yeah. Or, well, for example, I was going to say, or, or even Martin like Clinton, even Bill Clinton. in a way, would be a classic liberal
5: because, yeah,
2: yeah.
0: yeah. you could use it with Bill Clinton. Probably not Hillary. No, but with no, Bill, no, no, Bill. no, 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 yeah.
5: But, and I'll give you an example. So, like, probably the most prominent liberal in American politics today is
0: RFK Jr., right? Oh, I love him. I love him. He's polling right now at, uh, yeah, 22. last I checked, 22%, the high, yeah. by far the highest independent presidential candidate ever. He will blow yeah. Ross Perot out of the water. And there are certain reports that say it's crazy, as crazy as it sounds, he could win because people are fed up. With both parties, and they just want to send a message. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, well, stranger, stranger things dovetails. have stranger things have happened. I mean, we've yeah. been we've been given so many surprises, and we're living in a new time. I mean, I'm not going to hold my breath. Um, I'm not going to count on it, but who knows? Well,
5: um, and that dovetails into what I was going to say, right? Which is, um, he can't get Secret Service protection. Yeah. Somebody tries to assassinate him every three weeks and he can't get secret service protection. He's got like private security that does a good job keeping him alive. But like, you know, this is how much they hate a liberal in the Democrat Party. Right. Like they basically kicked him out of the party. They wouldn't let him run in a primary race against against Biden. So and you have people. Hillary Clinton's a good example. Um, You have people who were liberals at one point and are now leftists. They'll call themselves progressives. Okay, they're basically Marxists of one stripe or another, and all everything that all of their politics is essentially a Marxist construct at this point. And you know I, that's been t- true sort of prior to Obama, but since 2007, let's say, it's it's all Obama now. That faction where, and it, and this this translates into practically everything that you want to, that you want to analyze. But one of the most key things, and you'll see, you'll recognize this when I say it is they're not trying to persuade anybody of anything anymore. Like they gave up on that. A a liberal will try to persuade you this crew, this kind of, this progressive Marxist Obama, Obamunist crowd. They're not about that. They don't want your agreement. They will take your compliance and go to town on that. So like, for example, they will, I mean, you know, there's the whole cancel culture and everything like that, 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 I mean, that was something that we would have never really thought much of until Obama came along and all of a sudden it was a thing. Um, but like, get, you know, the Obama Redux administration is what we have right now. And so what do they do? They appoint a guy named Richard Levine, who was the, the ran the health department in Pennsylvania. And Killed like six thousand people by putting COVID patients in the nursing homes, right? Everybody talked about when it happened in New York, but Pennsylvania was like pretty much just as bad, and this guy was the one in charge of it. Okay. Meanwhile, he puts his grandmother in a hotel uh, rather than in a nursing home, and she's ninety-something degree or ninety-something years old. Uh, Should have been in a nursing home, but he won't put her there because he was afraid that she would die from exposure to COVID that was brought there by one of the COVID patients that he put in. So anyway, the whole thing is, is that like this guy was unhirable based on his own resume. okay? but he's a man in a dress who (laughs) calls himself Rachel. And they made him the number two guy in HHS. All right. And and made him an admiral. All right. Which if you're a liberal and you're trying to uh, persuade people that your point of view is the right one, you would say, we're never going to do this like this is this is going to infuriate people. This would be suicide to do this kind of stuff. They went ahead and did it. They did it to prove, hey, we have the power to do this stuff and there's nothing you can do about it. And then they doubled down and they got another guy in a dress who steals people's bags at the airport if they got women's clothes in them. Right. And they put that guy in charge of like the nuclear trash stockpile, right? until he gets arrested like six times for stealing bags at the airport. and they can't. But the point was it was like, we can do this and we're gonna do this. They hired uh, like radicals to run uh, a diversity program in the military and threw everything completely out of whack. And now they can't even meet recruiting uh, uh, recruiting targets in any of the uh, of the services because of what they done. They don't care. They're going to establish dominance over the culture, the politics, the economics in every institution that they control. And this is an an Obama faction thing. This is not something that the old school liberals who used to run these institutions were trying to run them for everybody. And this is all about, no, we are a a revolutionary vanguard. We're going to run these things and we're going to exclude people cancel people, deny people opportunities if they don't comply with our way of thinking. That's a change. It was not like that when, you know, a Kennedy or a Jimmy Carter or a Bill Clinton was in there. Clinton had some thuggish stuff to him. But generally speaking, that was restricted solely to the
0: political piece. This is corporate America. This is Hollywood. This is Scott, academia. I, Scott, I got to take a quick commercial. We'll be right back. Stay with us.
3: Just like that, a moment turns romantic. So why pause to take a pill? And when you're having fun, why stop to find a bathroom? With Cialis for daily use, you don't have to plan around either. It's the only daily tablet approved to treat erectile dysfunction, so you can be ready any time the moment is right. Plus, Cialis treats the frustrating urinary symptoms of BPH, like needing to go frequently, day or night. Tell your doctor about all your medical conditions and medicines and ask if your heart is healthy enough for sex. Do not take Cialis if you take nitrates for chest pain or Adempis for pulmonary hypertension, as it may cause an unsafe drop in blood pressure. Do not drink alcohol in excess. Side effects may include headache, upset stomach, delayed backache, or muscle ache. To avoid long-term injury, get medical help right away for an erection lasting more than four hours. If you have any sudden decrease or loss in hearing or vision, or any symptoms of an allergic reaction, stop taking Cialis and get medical help right away. Why pause the moment? Ask your doctor about Cialis for daily use. And for a $200 savings card, go to Cialis.com.
0: And we are back. Scott, are you with us? Yes, sir. Scott, so I have to ask you, we were talking about all this radical ideology. We were talking about how women make up most of the voter block early on. Most of them vote Democrat. From what I've noticed, a lot of them vote with feelings over the, over facts, which oh, is yeah. a big, which is a big problem. Do you think it was a big, do you think it was a mistake to let them vote? <laughs>
3: well no because this is a
0: question this is a question that gets thrown around a lot and it's not meant to be mean or be harsh the reasoning is like i just said it's feelings over facts so it creates a big disruption and a big mess especially the ones that vote democrat which is the majority yeah
5: well i'll put it this way um I run into women all the time. Like
0: Candace Owens asked that question and then she, I, she thinks it kind of was a mistake. Go ahead. You no,
5: you know, like per- Pearl Davis is not kind of was a mistake. Pearl Davis swears up and down that it's a mistake. And I, you know, th- to watch people go after her for, for, you know, making that statement is like, you know, it's, it's uh, get the popcorn. Um, you know, I, I, I could, uh, the, obviously the, the, politically correct thing is, oh, no, of course, you know, like everybody should get to vote. But for example, we just had uh, an election in Louisiana uh, for it was the statewide cycle. We just elected a governor and so forth. Right. And, you know, they're all screaming because the turnout was 35.8 percent. Um, And my response to that is, this is the best electorate the state has ever had. The people that turned out and voted knew what they were voting about. Right. And I mean, you know, had a purpose about what they were doing. And of course, the Republicans and, and conservatives in particular have completely swept that election. I mean, it's like, you know, there's more optimism in Louisiana right now that we could actually fix public policy to a large extent than like ever. OK, um, you know, I couldn't give you the male versus female turnout numbers. All I can tell you is it was a low turnout election. The Democrats didn't show up to vote. And you had a great electorate and a great result. So, um, you know, when we first started the republic, it was about property ownership. I think property ownership is a really, really good uh, barometer because those are the people that have skin in the game. Um, It also, to some extent, uh, gets rid of your urban vote. Right. Like urban poor people are the worst voters in the world. Like, we know that. That's country after country after country. Um, It doesn't matter race. It doesn't matter ethnicity. It doesn't... None of that stuff matters. But people who are in a city where, you know, you're dehumanized in all kinds of respects and you're also defenseless in all kinds of respects, you, you see yourself less as a citizen than people who whether they live in the suburbs or whatever, or people who own property and right. people who feel like they're in control of their lives. Um, and, you know, particularly in urban America now, the people who run those cities do everything they can to make their, their constituents dependent on government. Yeah. When they cleaned up San Francisco for the Chinese dictator to show up, right? It was a perfect, like, first of all, it was a middle finger in the face of all the taxpayers of that city. But what that was a signal of is we could clean this place up anytime we wanted. We don't want to clean it up for you. We'll clean it up for when the Chinese overlords show up. But you guys who pay taxes and it's your tax dollars that pay to clean the place up, we won't clean it up for you. You have to step over drunks and meth heads to get to your car from your front door, okay, every day. All right, so you have a small skim of rich people in a lot of these cities and then a vast swath of poor people. The rich folks can buy social services a la carte. Their kids go to private schools. They got private security in their neighborhoods. You know, they can pick up the phone and call the mayor's office and get a pothole fixed on their uh, on their street, all right? It's middle-class people who are the ones who demand value for their tax dollar, Right. They want the schools to work. They want the cops to actually arrest criminals and so on and so forth. The poor people, I mean, poor people don't, they don't have any standards of government and they're easily bought off. Okay. You don't have to govern effectively to get their vote. So you chase all the middle-class people out of the city. All right. And that is how you dominate this. There'll never be another Republican mayor in San Francisco or Detroit or St. Louis or any of these other places because there's not enough middle-class voters to do it. The Democrats had figured that out a long time ago, okay? In the 90s, you started to see it. Well, Obama's kind of innovation when he got in was to shower the cities with money from the feds to replace the tax base that they were losing when small businesses and middle-class people started moving out to the suburbs. And if you'll notice, there was some degree of effort At trying to govern some of these cities effectively, you know, with various degrees of success, okay? Since 2008, there's been none. It's been a never ending march toward idiocy, defunding the police and, you know, transgender ideology in the schools and, like, you know, the the whole parade of horribles that we could talk about for hours. Almost all of that found its real genesis in. Obama's first term, and it has since metastasized into the Biden administration now with the weaponization of all these federal agencies and the war on cops and the war on faith and all the rest
2: of these things that they've they've been doing.
0: Yeah, for sure. No, I agree. Very well said. Scott, I want to get you back here soon. I got to close out the show in about two minutes, but tell everybody where they can find you, where they can get involved, all that good stuff.
5: Right. Well, first of all, you've got to get racism, revenge, and ruin. It's all Obama. Uh, like I said, Tuesday is the publication date, uh, but it's available for pre-order at all the usual places, especially you know Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million. Calamo Press's website has it. Uh, to find my stuff, I write three columns a week at the American Spectator, which is spectator.org. Uh, you can find my Louisiana website at the Hayride. Dot com, And then we've also got a national conservative site at reviver.com, R V I V R.com. And you'll find a lot of my stuff there as well.
0: Perfect. My friend. Well, it's been an honor. Uh, let's talk soon and uh, keep up the fantastic work. God bless. Have a great weekend.
5: Indeed, Rory. Thanks a lot. Have a good weekend.
0: Thank you, buddy. Um, everybody. I want to thank you all for tuning in today. It's been a fantastic show. Another episode of Rory Sodder and the news in the books. Have a fantastic weekend. I'll see you next time. Until then, God bless, much love. Cheers, everybody.